Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 73. John, how are you doing coming back from LA and all the other crazy stuff that you had going on? <laughs> um, I have a ton of things going on. You're right. Um, we'll get there in a second. How are you doing, man? How are you I'm doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. We, uh, as you said, I think we got a lot to talk about this episode and especially heading into homecoming tomorrow. Um, a lot of fun discussions, I think, are going to be happening over the next couple of hours here on this podcast. Okay, so yeah, batten down. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting stuff. This isn't just going to be your average play-by-play. We have so much to talk about tonight. My personal situation I'm going to talk about, I have a Twitter post that went out, and a lot of people seen it. We had a... Um, I thought it was going to be controversial. I found out we kind of all agree on chunks of it, if not most of it. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'll start with my situation. I had went to go see Oppenheimer with my son. I haven't seen a movie with him in the longest of times. So I'm like, OK, cool. I'm going to make some soup, put it on, you know, maybe uh, get it all good to go and then turn it off and leave. Well, I forgot to turn it off. My wife came home after work with absolutely impeccable timing. Um there was a fire in the microwave somehow and she had to come in and uh, get baking soda, throw it on there. When she opened the door, both dogs were at the door. There was smoke in the house. So she started opening everything up and, you know, turning off the electricity to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, she gives me a call and uh, I come home and yeah, it's been crazy. So no stovetop, no microwave, and a good chunk of the cabinets are just destroyed from smoke alone. Like the whole house smells like smoke. We got a good chunk of it cleaned up and in order. But yeah, this episode, I mean, I'm just guessing would probably come out two, three days earlier if it wasn't for the craziness. I've been battling and cleaning and cleaning smoke damage on everything for the last couple of days. So it's been nuts uh also yeah that was part of um almost a day after i just came back from la which was a complete high i was riding a complete high from having such a good time out there so uh we'll definitely be getting in on that here probably i'd say in pieces match by match so you know what i mean so i can kind of because i i try to remember something and then freaking forget it you know how us old guys are all right um so, yeah, you were at home for this one, unfortunately. You were missed. That's one thing I will say. <laughs> uh, Cole Radrick was missed. That's another one here I, I didn't have a chance to see, and that's really sad. So I'm going to be looking forward to seeing him on uh, homecoming weekend here. So let's see here. You want to talk? Uh, well, we need to talk about the old Twitter pose for a minute there because it's something interesting, and I wanted to go through it a little bit because... I know your opinions don't 100% match up with mine, but I know there's quite a few in there that do, and I want you to, uh, want to kind of pick your brain on them. So let me pull those up real quick here. Yeah, I was pulling okay. it up while you were uh, uh, talking right there, so that way I, I couldn't find it at first, but I did, I did find it. So if you need help, uh, I can send it to you if you need it. No, no, no. I think I got it right here. Hold on. Okay, nothing like dead air time. That's always good. <laughs> I was just about All to say, right. too, uh, in that dead air time. So, yes, uh, if you do hear any also coughing on my end, my son has been sick, which is another reason this podcast, uh, as it came out, I've been taking care of him the last couple of days. So if you do hear any coughing in the background, I apologize in advance, but uh, we are going on as GCW always does to 
yeah, it's just been a freaky, crazy time. And, uh, you know, we're all getting through it. That's that's about the only way I can really say it. So, yeah, if anybody hears anything in the background anywhere, um, car alarm right now, <laughs> you know what that is, right? That's the that's the storm warning for oh, here that, in Las Vegas. Oh, it's yeah. Somebody's phone or um, it went off on TV, on cable TV or something. Oh, I thought I heard a car alarm. Nope. Oh, maybe on your side. But on this side, it was our TV. It was going dee dee that bullshit. So, yeah, on top of all this episode. shit, we have a thunderstorm <laughs> in the fucking desert. It's exactly. raining in the desert. <laughs> Hell has frozen over. Bear with us this episode, everyone. This is going to be a fun, rough one. No, enjoy this. This is like a tabloid episode. This is the closest <laughs> we'll probably ever get to dirt sheets. Like we're never negative too often about anything. And this is one where we're going to try to, you know, maybe smack the child on its ass to see if it'll correct itself a little bit when it goes across the street next time. So right. that's a horrible way to put it. But it was kind of funny. I'm not smacking nobody on nobody's ass. So uh <laughs> I'm in. All right. So <laughs> I figured I'd save us both from going any further on that one. <laughs> All right. So my post, I said, no one hate me, please. So the reason why I started it like that was Fightful Wrestling put out a post that said, what is your unpopular wrestling opinion that you stand by? So I went ahead and I fired off quite a few, about 32,000 views later uh, and quite a few opinions later. I just want to kind of say it because we are a wrestling podcast for GCW and um, who else is going to describe, you know, my own words, but all right. So I put that Mance Warner should have had a GCW championship run after he won the bunkhouse brawl at Ric Flair's retirement. Basically I put that he won the whole crew came out. There was a big celebration. They drank the beer out of the boot and then nothing. So I wanted to kind of start there because, I mean, we had that invasion of sorts. This was Cinderella coming to the ball saying, look, we're fucking here. You're going to have to pay attention to us. This was the new school invading what I would say is the NWA, you know, Crockett. So I felt like with all of that going forward, and then you include a promo that sounded exactly like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I thought, well, there's a lot of potential here. And um, that's what I was thinking on that statement. So I was wondering, you know, if you had anything to say on that one or. That's the one uh, I absolutely a thousand percent agree, because that's what we said right after that uh, podcast as well. When we kind of we didn't cover that that whole thing, but we did discuss the cool spots and the invasion, as you said. I think, yeah, the biggest one of the biggest drops as of late GCW did with um, the world title is not putting on Mance after that. You had him on. I, I'm I'm gonna assume that show did good numbers on, uh, oh, yeah. buys and social media and everything. And now you have a GCW person who was like one of the last people you would think show up to Ric Flair's retirement match, even though I had a bunch of talent from all of the companies all over the world. But GCW was one that you don't think would fit in with Ric Flair's kind of retirement match and kind of the whole old school NWA kind of theme and outlook that that show had um i was very happy obviously we always talk about that when we first heard the gong and the long live yeah. gcw it felt like an invasion like you had all those gcw people coming they came from the crowd if i remember correctly i don't one thousand mm-hmm. percent but they all came from like that was felt cool and it felt special and 
I think they were, I thought they could have done a bunch of invasion little angles at different little independent companies too, to kind of keep that going and keep that momentum going as well. But I think with all those people watching that show and like, who is GCW? And then out of all the people to win, like the opening, what was it? The, the pre-show on YouTube, like out of all the people in that match and that could have been booked or that was booked throughout the whole show. You had Mance Warner out of all people win that, win that bunkhouse brawl. I thought that was cool for Mance Warner because he is a big Dusty Rhodes fan, obviously. And he got to have that Dusty Rhodes boot and it meant a lot to him. But I think they could have carried it and had carried his momentum. And then shortly after that, he had a match with John Moxley on AEW Dynamite, where I'm like, why didn't they do that same match in GCW except for the title? I thought that was and like Matt Warner was on probably the highest role he's been on, probably the most recognizable he's been over that month was winning that battle royal and then showing up on Dynamite for that one match. And then that was it. Like I really wish GCW would have capitalized more with Matt Warner and the world title belt would have been the uh, cherry on top for me. And I think he would have been a perfect opponent to take the belt off of Mance, uh, um, simply Christian John Moxley at that time. Yeah. So I really think uh, he should have been champion as well. Also, I don't know if you've noticed, but little by little, he's been changing his look. And I personally think over the last year, his look has gotten better. So I say stick with it. I think it's better than the bald hair, the bald head kind of thing. I kind of missed it both. Like when he was like in those death matches with the bald hair, like the uh-huh. bald head, the the blood was coming out perfectly, like on his bald skull and face. It looked oh, so cool I got visually. That. But with the hair, he actually kind of looks pretty cool with the hair too. So I think both looks kind of he plays plays them both well. He's styling. Yeah. Uh, so my next statement, I wanted to explain, and maybe self-explanatory to probably eighty-five percent of the people out there. I put. If any woman should have won the GCW championship first, it should have been Allie Catch. And the reason I say that is because I look back on a lot of the women's wrestlers that have come through the GCW locker room, and there's a lot of fantastic, uh, fantastic people that have come through. And Allie has been the one, though, that has busted her ass over and over and over, she's held the tag titles, which we thought was going to be a joke. Bussy's title run that we thought, oh, it's just going to be a fun little, you know, no. And uh, she was half of a team that really threw down and protected those titles. I'm sorry, defended those titles in a way that was well beyond, I think, what we both expected. So in that regard, when it comes to looking over her history of matches in GCW and what she's doing in other companies, I felt like, or who's put their ass on the line the most, Alley Catch was it. So, I don't know. What do you think? It would help if I unmute myself. That'd be a lot better. Um, <laughs> same thing. I thousand percent agree. Um, that's. I'm going to go into this kind of a lot more uh, later. Not just Alley specifically, but just of who should have won that GCW title if it would be for a first woman. Alley easily is easy, the choice, and maybe she just said, "I don't want to be the champion." I don't know. But I, I'm right there with you because with her and Effie as the tag champions, not just them, but like with the Briscoes, with SGC, with the Macisos, like they had all those nice tag wars that ulti- ultimately ended up in the Art of War game. So I think Effie and uh, Ali Catch, they kind of as tag team champions kind of carried the company for a while as they were the only titles being defended on a lot of these shows and were having as you said fun entertaining matches but great in-ring stuff as well it wasn't just yeah the fun silly stuff that we kind of was thinking it's no they had some really good 
matches with like main event and stuff like that. So I agree with you. Yeah, Ali Catch was should have been a, the first GCW women's uh or first women's GCW world champion. And I will apologize again to her. I was really rough on her the first 20, 30 episodes because for me I felt like she was in a funk and she wasn't being pushed uh personally to be just better. I felt like she was showing up, enjoying herself and leaving. And that's just that. I don't know how a person feels. Number one, number two, I'm just saying that's what it kind of looked like was come in, check in, do your gimmick, head out. So I don't know what happened in the last six to eight months, but it could just be, who knows? She's taking herself seriously. It looks like her wrestling has improved. And I feel like that really did start around the Bussy championship run. Yeah, and so I mean, she had some crazy battles way back before we even started the podcast with like Mance Warner and um, Nick Gage, and like she was getting her ass kicked, but she was earning it. Like she was showing, hey, I'm gonna hold my own with them. They like they could beat the shit out of me. I'm still right here beating the shit out of them too. So she definitely earned it. I think, especially during that run, like that match with Mance Warner was was one of those ones. I was like, oh, it's kind of hard to watch because some of the chair shots that Mance was laying on her was a. pretty stiff but i think it just helped her character out in that way of getting her more over so i definitely mm. agree she should have been first women's gcw world champion all right so my next one here and again i think i misquoted you because i think that you said part of this but not really all of it so i kind of fucked up there sorry dude um i put in parentheses all echo b but epi man gringo matt cardona and a couple others are veterans that should be the next natural choice for a GCW champion. And on the side, I put, I'm hoping the next one is a larger sized face that everyone can really get behind. And then I put minus Cardona. So we know why Cardona would have it. I'd actually like to see him collect the belts, possibly take GCW and JCW if we have a heel. So I kind of wanted to give you a face and heel there. I'm kind of partial to Effie. Then, ooh, then Grant, then Grant's ha, then Mance, then Gringo in my book when it comes to faces. But, you know, we need some serious faces if we're going to have Cardona come in and be a dick. Like, we're going to have to have some serious competitors. Otherwise, it's just going to be a dark day. At I mean, it's going to be dark times at GCW for a while. Well, even Blake is searching for faces to go against. And they, like, yeah, a frustrating part for me on this whole Blake Christian title run is they're getting all these fucking outside people and they're getting title. Like, Effie tweeted it out the other day, like, oh, like, I wish I could, like, oh, I, I, I mean, I'm trying to try pull it up to myself because I don't want to misquote Effie, but like, Effie kind of made a statement. It's like, hey, what do we have to do around here to get the title shot? Like, oh, I guess we just have to show up and debut and boom, there you go. Like, Effie. Vance and Gringo are faces that could be and should be challenging for the Blake Christian GCW title. Gringo, yes, he did it. That's fine. Vance is out there. Effie's out there. Hell, even Jimmy Lloyd, but I know that's going to go against my my whole uh, wins-losses stuff, but like I could even see, even if it's just a match and then it's a throwaway and boom, he gets squashed or whatever with uh, with Blake, I don't mind that, but there's just regulars that are out there that deserve the title shots. And I like, I didn't mind Richard holiday as an outsider coming in. He's a pretty big name. I think that would be like the lowest I would go of bringing people in to get immediate title shots. So, cause it's still like his biggest recognitionable 
company that he's worked for is MLW, and that's not right, right. saying a lot out there, especially nowadays, since it's kind of been, uh, well, it's coming back now again for like the however many time. But Effie should absolutely get a title shot, and Mance, I think, and all of those three are perfect faces to go against. And I, it just annoys me when you were bringing in Adam Priest, uh, um, all these other, like Chris, like even Chris Bay, like Impact, I hate, like, he's an awesome talent. I love Chris Bay. We've seen him twice. Like we saw him last year at Memorial Day um, in Vegas. And then we didn't see him since then in GCW till this one. And it's the next title shot. Just for me, booking wise, and, I, and this is me as a fan, I don't, I can't imagine how Effie, Mansfield, Gringo at least got his title shot, like whatever. But they've been busting their ass for GCW week in, week out, all this time just to see someone else walk in and get these opportunities that they have not gotten or given like the chance to t- run with the ball, give Effie a chance. Like I don't, I, I was actually talking with a friend last night who's a big wrestling fan as well, but there seems to be like a negative stigma around this whole transitional champion or, Hey, like if you're a champion and you hold, don't hold it for less than six months, your reign was a loss and it was fucking useless and you shouldn't have been the title holder anyway. Like I'm all for someone being the champion for two shows and dropping it the next night. Like if it makes sense for booking reason, you don't need to build them up. That them being a former world champion right there has elevated that talent. So they have that with them and that momentum behind them where like Chris Bay coming in, like I don't even want to say Chris Bay, like Adam Priest coming in and being a new South wrestler. And then, oh, here's your shot at Blake Christian. Like I know they're leading up towards Blake Christian having all these soft opponents, quote unquote soft opponents is what it seems like to me at least or us, I think on the podcast when we talk about it, it seems like they're making Blake that chicken shit heel champion kind of like how they did with seth rollins giving them easy opponents to build up the wins and losses until you hopefully get a regular and i'm hoping um i know we could two i think that's it there's been i can't even think the other one well there was uh gringo loco that he was up against that was a good match and then he was up against uh oh what's that there was one other that was a bigger name it's just after, like I said, all these hundreds of matches we've watched. I'm trying to remember. Um, Check the library. Oh, Speedball. Speedball was a there great opponent, too. Oh, that was one. How could sense. we forget that? that? Yeah, I know, because there's so much wrestling, as you just said. Um, <laughs> Speedball, yeah, that's our last episode we just did, too. But that's how oh. funny. Like, <laughs> it's been a while. But that's Speedball. Like, that's a perfect opponent. I'm all for Speedball getting a chance. He's in GCW. I don't consider him a, I consider him a regular. Since he came back to the States, he's been at GCW as often as possible. And I think he's just missed these last couple, like maybe months of shows because he was in Japan killing it out in there in Japan. So uh, Speedball is another great opponent. I want to see, and I've made a tweet about this too, and that's where I feel like to like, I think more these GCW regulars deserve a chance at the title shot. Like it just, unless you bring in somebody, they've worked their way up to that point is how I feel on it. And like I said, I know I rambled right now, but I'm going to ramble a lot more on that later. There's just, no, 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 it's fair. It's just, there's so many ways to look at that. You know what I mean? I mean, poor Effie, like I said, is a good example. And we talk about him mainly because uh, he's been the most vocal and especially on, on his uh, podcast and whatnot, you know, he, he really does want to get himself out there. And I strongly feel, okay, look, we've seen this a hundred times when someone starts to bulk up or when someone starts to cut fat and starts to really get the muscle rolling, Generally, they're pining for a championship run. So I'm thinking that 
it may be time. I'm with you on the veteran situation. They take a lot of losses. I'm not really a huge, huge fan <laughs> on that, but you know what I mean? They do take a lot of losses and uh, Fatu, uh, anything can happen. I'm just saying we should have beat a circle six guy. Yeah, I'm going to go away into that. I'm a little territorial. I'm a little territorial. No disrespect to anyone, but you're in our backyard. We should have thumped the shit out of him somehow. You know what I mean? But I will say if the purpose was to make him a credible threat, boy, oh, boy, did they do it. Well, we'll get into that one. We'll get into that one. Uh, (laughs) Oh, so here it goes. Epi goes, apparently you got to be making your GCW debut to get a title shot. Oh, yeah. It was a response to your tweet. On uh, on, on what you were just saying, F oh yeah, bulking up. So that's what it was. He responded to that, and I responded to that tweet. So like he responded to your tweet saying like how he's showing he's working hard for a reason. But like I loved his response because that's stuff that I've been complaining about these last couple of months on all the podcasts is about who's getting these title shots and like it just feels like sometimes like hey we're in this place oh you're Russell here or random name out of the hat sometimes even it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I look at it this way from a booking perspective. You have three challengers in Mance, Effie, Gringo. They each have their own style. They each have their own attraction factor to what they do. That's a booker's dream to have that much going right under the champion at all times. You have a trio, a whirlwind of people just waiting to prey on your heel champion. I would say right now would be a time to get those faces fighting each other and get up to the champion as soon as possible. Even um, Los Macisos is a one that just came to my mind too. I wouldn't mind seeing having a little run with that belt. You know, okay. Especially okay, around cool. like death match time. So we'll talk about that too, because you were saying you don't mind someone having it for two shows and maybe dropping it. Okay. Yeah. So so I will say that that does go down to matter opinion. Now here's why. If you get what you want, we're going to have people bitching because whoever the champion is, they don't get a chance to run it long enough, blah, blah, blah. You don't take your championship seriously because we, we've heard all this shit yep. from every. So what happens is we have to strike a balance. And, and you know how this is. You never you have to strike a balance between maybe having a four show, you know, a six to eight show run, a two show run here and there for some idiot that. But GCW is a feel good company. And when it comes to feeling good, you know, putting a strap on someone for four shows kind of feels good. And then we move on to the next one. But again, doesn't make it as, as special. So maybe for the heels, they, they lose it after a short run and the faces kind of take it for a while. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think it, it could work out either way, as long as it's properly yeah, yeah. building to something and not just randomness. Like that's what it feels like to me right now. It's the GCW World Title. It's random. It's literally who I don't. I can't tell you based off of like, oh, I think this person should get the next because wins and losses don't matter when it becomes uh, who's going to get the title shot. Right. Right. Like I, if you make it make sense of why this person won the belt for three shows and lost it to the, someone else and then. Someone else gets like, as long as it makes sense and you're building towards something or doing it, like, I just feel like we're focusing on like the MDK and the Cardona feud, or like they're just focusing on the four feuds, which I get that's a lot even to focus on for independent wrestling company. And historically, I'm, yeah, historically, yeah, historically, GCW having four things going at one, four storylines at one time is damn near maxed out. And I would find a way to weave Blake into one of them, even because a lot of these are involving a lot of the regulars or. I, I don't know. 
like find or build a credible opponent. Like I, I literally right now, Jordan also makes sense too. As soon as he loses this belt, and I know we'll kind of get it. I'll get into that a little bit later with the scramble match, kind of what happened. But that's another name that's a regular that could be out there doing stuff like in fun, bunch of fun stuff as world champion that could have good matches with Blake and even like have him challenge it. And Blake did something like, "Hey, you screwed Jordan this time," but like build up to like the rematch or something like just like build in a chase is what I'm missing right now for it to be get in involved in the or get like excited for what's happening with the world title because right now i'm not excited with it i was excited twice speedball and gringo that was it yeah those were the two that they felt like credible threats and um if one of them took it i wasn't really going to be against it you know speedball just has a permanent smile on his face he's the good look of any company wherever he goes and he's so well traveled that the gcw name would go all over the place Definitely not against him. Gringo, I want to see him just covered in belts just because. He's a cool motherfucker. He knows his shit. He always comes out with a great gimmick and uh, or a great character. And uh, especially at his age, man, he's really earned it. I love watching him ring general out there, especially in scrambles back in the day. You do this, you do that kind of thing. Every now and then I'd see it. And I'm so glad he's yeah. getting an opportunity in Ring of Honor and showcasing his talents to like a brand new audience and a way bigger audience than yes. for people that don't know him. Like it's so cool watching AEW or like watching Ring of Honor, like Ian Riccoboni and Cole, uh, Caprice Coleman are like, oh, like they're talking about Gringo. Like it's that's something that's not happening or wasn't happening a little bit ago, but now Gringo's getting his chances all over the world. And it's, it's cool to see him get his flowers. Also, just going to say, um, I spent the money 100% worth it. I got the Gringo Loco hat that's like the flower Hawaiian hat and shit. That thing is awesome. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm really happy with it, dude. If, yeah. I, like I said, I got a different price than you did. So if, uh, that one affected me that night. I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to hold off. Maybe I'll get it next time. But it oh, is no, a nice I, hat. It's a very cool hat. He made me pay via lap dance. So it is what it is. You know, it's, <laughs> it's LA. It's LA. No one else knew. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so my next statement that I put on here was cruel in GCW. I wrote that he was imposing, scary, and a deathmatch expert. I felt like he fit the GCW vibe as a credible threat. That's where I'm yeah. going to sit that one. What do you think? I would love to. I think he would fit in um, as well. Um, I just hope they don't just give him the wins just because he's cruel Big and everything and like yeah. yes like that that's the i don't know like i didn't and i don't i haven't followed his career like that like a lot i've seen a little bit and when he's on shows i'll watch him like on the other companies on iwtv but like i won't i don't follow him so i don't know like but i saw someone like said like he's like undefeated like as a wrestler and like i guess i could look that up real fast on um age match real fast but like if he's undefeated on the independent scene and like and it's been kind of a while like that's also like i don't want that to keep that over there don't bring that and use that same thing over here in gcw i don't think right now like even though he is an imposing monster and it's yeah you could yeah. if it's built up properly i don't want him coming in and beating vance warner gringo like come in ruin a scramble destroy all six competitors kind of like what Perro's doing come in oh, yeah wreak havoc yeah. Come in, recap it. But even Perils, we nice. about his wins and losses. <laughs> yeah. He's taking all the losses. So, um, well, we need to talk about that in a moment too. Oh, uh, so he's got okay. So this year he's got twelve wins and four losses. Cruel does. Yeah, he just. So I can live with the win loss like, percentage like that. Yeah, he just seemed like someone that would fit the bill. And, and yeah, he. I think and he I know he's a little rough. He's a yeah. little rough. 
Oh, I, and I know personally, I know a hundred percent personally, if someone's listening, try to help out a hundred percent. He wants to be in GCW. You heard it here until you hear it directly out of his mouth. And I've, he wants to be in GCW. So, and I, I, I'm all we can for make him. I would love to see him in GCW. I just don't want, I don't want to have to force feed our regulars to put him over super right. fast. If you build up to that and it builds up to him being this incredible monster, I'm all for it. But I don't want night one him coming in and destroying our regulars. Like I'm, I'm tired of that. Like I'm just tired of that shit. Like that's just getting annoying to me. And I guess I feel bad for like the regulars that we see all the time, unless it leads to something like that's where I, I will go on the Effie match later about where like, that's my big problem right there is it's nothing. None of this stuff seems to be leading to anything other than those four storylines. But even then after this LA show, what is it leading it to is where I'm lost and kind yeah. of uh, confused on. All right. So the next one here, I've, this is something we've talked about before, but I put it on here again because I can do that publicly just in case someone doesn't listen to the show. There's a lot of people out there in the world. GCW does the scramble match best. Why, oh, why can't we have a GCW scramble championship? Now, I'll kind of cover a little bit here because we kind of we're going to probably say the same thing here. Brett, when he was asked on Patreon, he said that he didn't want, say, any wrestlers to be pigeonholed into you know, being a scrambling wrestler, a scramble wrestler. I personally said that I feel that's a booking issue. Um, I feel that there are ways to definitely have scrambles without making it seem unimportant, like giving it a belt. Anyway, uh, the one person that was in the, I can't remember who it was. I was trying to think of a name. doesn't matter. They said that in the company that they watch, if you win three scramble championships, glory. three scrambles in a row, there you go. See, like I, I got notes on this. Like, I just this, this was random. I took these notes. Oh, shit. I just deleted it on next. <laughs> <laughs> no, where's the undo button? No, you're good, oh, man. Okay. I wrote this on uh, August 6th, this, this notes. So I'll let you go ahead. But it's funny because, like, I wrote, I was watching, like, with the hog, with House of Glory. GCW needs to watch what House of Glory is kind of doing with this, with their scramble belt. And I'm glad you're bringing it up because you're about to go into detail a little bit, I think, of what they do. Because I, I, Think that that's who they should mirror well okay i won't go too too far into it because i don't want you to think i'm cutting you like a knife no what okay good here's what i have a feeling based upon the scramble as uh, just the last couple scrambles that jordan oliver's been in it i have a feeling just he may be injured or something may be going on to where <laughs> like i like we said where instead <laughs> of a full match it might be a two minute three minute thing I see. <laughs> I forgot. I, that's not even one of the ones I wanted to bitch about, but I'm glad because I, I I totally yes, forgot. Yes. Because I was bitching about it that night and the last show. So that's another thing. <laughs> so so I'm just saying. Okay, I'm thinking he's putting it on the line during the scramble, and that's great because uh, defending against five other people is very worthy when it comes to you know. But if he's injured, maybe hand it over to someone else right now. That could be what the Alec Price situation is. Um. Or possibly a scramble belt. I know you're going to say something before I get to the scramble belt part. I was just going to say, I think maybe I, I like like JC, even JCW's building, like their next contenders for Jordan. Like I think they built it perfectly with Griffin and that makes perfect sense there. But I think their next challenger, regardless of who wins on Sunday, Griffin or Jordan, you have Alec Price or Bishop as like your next person 
that's going to ch- I think is going to challenge for the belt because they won that battle bowl ring and now they're having a ladder match for the battle bowl rings or something like that. That's a perfect build of hey, they've won these matches. That person should now be the next in line to face Jordan for the JCW belt. And if, then I think that could free Jordan up if he does lose to Alec Price or Bishop, free him up to go chase Blake as well. So then I'll ask you this. Let's let's kind of do you think with the way everything's going for GCW globally, should they continue the JCW uh, arm of their company and maybe focus their attention and money more towards GCW? Or do you feel that, you know what I mean? Yes and no me, because I know you know where I'm getting at, but at the same time, there is value. So, you know. It's hard to drop something that has so many good wrestling shows and so many good performers. And you don't generally see those on GCW, but you'll see them on JCW. I see both sides. So help me out. What do you think? And I think they've kind of used JCW as a stepping stone for GCW. Alec Price, um, even Bishop, I want to bring up Mason. Um, They've used uh, other talents. Yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. Dylan McKay. Anders. Yeah, they've used JCW to elevate those people to get ready for gcw so i actually don't mind the whole gcw and jcw partnership i I understand what you're saying about those resources and i actually i think someone else technically is kind of in charge of jcw but kind of oh okay okay i think i think that i think that's that orange crush person i could be completely speaking on my ass here but from what i've kind of collected and off the top of my head right now is what i've kind of put together is i think that orange crush is kind of helps book or is in charge of jcw because i've I've seen them kind of talk with wrestlers about jcw specific stuff Hmm. um i it's funny because i I wrote this on that scramble so whenever the august 6th scramble if i remember correctly too didn't brett say on one of these podcasts is kind of hinted towards a belt being introduced or reintroduced like like i that was that ended up being the jcw one Oh, it was okay. Yeah, because so my note I wrote here is like I don't, I wouldn't mind this as an idea for scramble, but I, yeah. with my Kingo kind of hurting this All Star scramble coming up, I thought this would be a perfect opportunity. And I wrote in my notes, All Star scramble should be for the new scramble belt that maybe Brett was talking about on yes. this podcast, and I would have Vikingo or Alex Zane win it because then now they could go to Japan, to Mexico, and to all these other companies with that belt like Cardona's doing. And now you got that belt in. Let's not. I know they're not going to be able to carry it in New Japan and stuff, but I mean, at least you got like that belt could be going to other companies and other countries. That in my oh yeah here, but I think I, I I wish it would be defended across the world, like across the U.S. So started off. Let's start off there, but then it, as they go across, like have them do it because we've seen other promotions, companies like in New or um and start not Stardom Freedoms. Like they've held our tag team champions or our ultraviolet champion. And then guess what? When we go there in a couple months, we get that belt back. And, but it's yep. a story. So I think I, I would, I'm, a, I've always been for a scramble match and I would like to see them kind of build up to it. And I think House of Glory is like the perfect example. Maybe not three wins. I, I maybe that's where I think you're getting like the three wins kind of like they have exactly. a, at least. Yes. Three wins might be even a lot, but make, maybe even make it two wins in a row where, hey, you win one scramble. Then you get like an eliminator match somehow, some way. I don't know. Like, I really like what AW does with like the world title eliminator matches. Like, hey, you're getting a shot. Like, let's say it's uh, Chris Bay against Blake Christian. It's not for the belt this time, but if Chris Bay, you win, now it makes sense to make you have 
be number one contender and now you get a future opportunity like i haven't seen anybody actually win one of those matches yet in yeah. AEW. like adam cole did close he tied but now that, no, that's why he's going for mgf but i really like the the eliminator stuff because you still get a cool match between a lower card person on the card and your big main main dog that's running the company and representing your company and if they have a good match now you get to kind of see where they fall aligned with everything so i think it's a good way to kind of test the waters while also building towards something if it turns out to be something you want to build towards well i was just thinking between lucha and you know like jcw how we have the proving ground make the scramble the proving ground it doesn't have to be uh you know a spectacular guy who's going to be scrambled for life i'm just saying let some of these guys win more often than some of the others and then you go okay you know what he's on to go up to the next level um just like jcw so I thought it would be fun because I'm hearing a lot of fans going, damn, these scrambles are so good. Why isn't something important thrown on top of it? Because to the fans, this is a very important part of the show. When I saw in LA, no scramble on the card, I'm like, fuck, what, what, what? Like, that's my shit. Like that's, that's really my main course outside of maybe one other thing is I love the scramble. And that's another thing we'll talk about is I didn't know Alec Price was going to be there. My heart sunk. And then turn around, motherfuckers like, what's up, John? I'm like, oh, my God. He's talking about Jordan. Like, yeah, Jordan wasn't announced. And Jordan showed up. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of mention that one also real quick because, yeah, we uh, we didn't really get an announcement on that. And I kind of kind of wish I did. And uh, but, yeah, the, the championship um, of some sort for Scramble, that would just be so much fun. And again, um, I'm not going to get too much into it, but and it's kind of stealing an idea, but because GCW is so wild, a 24 seven GCW championship would be so much fun. Could you imagine Janela, especially like, now with social media? Well, that exactly. Janela goes out to somewhere and he defends it just for fun. He cuts a five minute video clip of something stupid. He's out drinking somewhere. He's like, you know what, Lloyd, how about we just defend this bitch right here? Hey, hold my phone real quick. We're going to, you know, boom, boom, boom. Like the imagination that, oh my gosh, there could See, be like, so much fun there. And that could be a way to reintroduce the extreme title as kind of like that hardcore title was defended 24 seven. Like, Hey, no, you haven't seen this belt in a while, even though Joey is the title holder, but here's a way that we're going to kind of get it back into your face. Like just do GCW little two minute social media videos of, Oh shit. Like Joey Janela sleep in and like Cardona walks in. Like I was saying that way you could actually do like, cool. Oh, I like, love that like, though. He puts the you finger backstage. On yeah. He puts a finger on him and the ref's like one, two, oh that's fantastic i loved it like it's not building towards something anything serious but it's a cool little belt that does mean something but it's also doing cool and uh unique stuff that no other belts doing and being defended 24 7 or on social media during these matches so, yeah i kind of like that idea too <laughs> just i thought it was something fun but yeah the whole point of that scramble match or the scramble championship was to just bring attention to one of the things that gcw does the best there we go my next one uh was a great idea it was the gcw lucha invitational tournament of 2023 it could be any year but i thought it would be fantastic to get 16 that's a lot but 16 or 12 of the greatest lucha wrestlers available to us and have i don't know a tournament maybe in la world on lucha yeah, and it's a hell of a lot easier to get them from Mexico to LA. Yep. 
I, I agree. I think they, I like that idea too. I don't know. I, th- I just thought that was a fun one. I'm like, you know, Lucha does so <laughs> damn well out here and, you know, in the Southwest and for obvious reasons, it's fantastic, man. We all love it. So yeah, that was my next one. I, I think that was your statement. Like, you're like, okay, that I kind of agree with that one. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Next one I put here, and I think most people would agree with it from a business perspective. I would like to see GCW have a greater expansion into the age demographic of 16 to 25, basically just expanding into trying to pull these younger people into the company so that when I look around, the company isn't just a lot of guys that look like me between the ages of 30 and 45. So uh, I think what they have is a fantastic product. I just think there's a lot of eyeballs that aren't seeing it. Yeah. I don't know about this age 16. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of half and 18, half. On. 18, you yeah. Know like I, mean. I kind of like the adult stuff, like to make it like, Hey, like, you know what you're getting into when you come here instead of like, Oh, why are you doing that? There's kids in the, in the, in the audience kind of stuff. But I, I, uh, I, I do feel like they maybe I think just wrestling in general needs to find a way to kind of reconnect with the younger crowd and get them back, get it interesting. Cause yeah, like we, I know we talked about before. There's not that many kids anymore. Like, especially me being a teacher, I, I'm around kids all day long. I don't hear them talking about wrestling at all. <laughs> at See, all, you, nothing. You haven't heard. Uh, you haven't heard the Patreon podcast, right? Not yet. No. The okay. I'll listen to, to it fair, tonight. <laughs> the official GCW podcast is over there. Basically, it's just uh, Brett and Stephen A talking. It's really good. It's fun to listen to. If you get Patreon, that's a good reason to get it right there. That was the reason so, I got Patreon. <laughs> that so, the history of GCW. Yeah, that's yeah. I can't wait to hear more of that here sometime down the road. Um, okay, so I wanted to kind of mention that yesterday the newest podcast came out by Brett, and I asked him this specific question. I said, "It's across the independent scene. It's even in mainstream wrestling. What is GCW doing to reach the younger fan base?" and Funny thing, if you have a chance, do you remember that timestamp that I sent you? I want you, I want I you say it was. please, if you have a chance, when you, I mean, go listen to it. Stephen A says yeah. some stuff. What Stephen A says is a hundred percent, um, a hundred percent what I feel and how I feel to a point to where I could have damn near sat up in bed and clapped. <laughs> and even, even if we need to take a moment, because you know what I mean, you can kind of cut. The recording if you need to take a moment let's do i'm not kidding it's that good he literally is like i mean he dude he cuts deep with brett like i you have to hear it and patreon members you should get on there and listen to the response of what Stephen a says is wrong with independent wrestling at this time holy shit is he dead on just yeah i i, I don't want to say anything more to the listeners and here's why because it's Patreon content and you know what I mean? It's paid. So it's one of those things where I don't want to sit there and blah, blah, blah. But he did say that he would like a greater reach on TikTok. I can give you that much because that was his most solid answer out of all of it. He did talk further in depth and um, yeah. So yeah, there's a little plug for Patreon and um, that's just another thing that I recommend. What time was that on there? 30 some minutes, right? 31, four, 31 minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. So I think what he has to say for the next three or four minutes, I believe, is what he said. And like I said, you're going to hear it too, dude. And you're going to be like, oh my God, yes, someone said it. Not only that, too, Brett, like 
the leader yeah. of the number one independent company. Wait, wait, do you hear that shit? It was, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I can see the gif I'm sending uh, Michael Scott. Thank you. Well, do you remember when I said, what's T- Stephen A's Twitter handle? Because I was like, I yeah. was ready to tag him immediately and be like, thank you, Stephen A, for saying what everybody wants to say. Um, so yeah, if okay, look, if you're not into it, it's okay. If you want to actually take like a small little, we'll just sit here and listen to it and you can cut it out. You can also, but you're, you're going to want to talk about it maybe even on the next episode or something. Okay. It's totally. I mean, like this should have been the episode to do it. I should have actually had you listen to that three, four minutes before we started because it goes, he, he, he goes off about independent wrestling and all the things that are wrong. So interesting. Oh, he, it is very interesting. I'll tell you one thing he said. He said he thinks there's a lot of people that don't watch it because if they do tune in, it looks cheap and backyardy. That, I, there's I, there's one thing yeah. he said, dude. I was like that forever. Like I just got into independent wrestling. Like I'm not going to count Ring of Honor back in the day as independent wrestling, but mm-hmm. I just got into independent wrestling 2020, like during the pandemic. GCW had their YouTube 24 hour show. I was had the weirdest hours, sleep hours anyway. So I was up watching wrestling at two in the morning, wake back yeah. up. It's still on at 10 in the morning and <laughs> I was watching it. So it was cool. So when I saw them coming out to Vegas and then I think they announced like Leo Rush and Chris Bay, I was in, it was like my first wrestling show in forever. I had never, other than that, I never heard of GCW before other than what I just saw that, that little bit. And that got me into, into independent wrestling where now I can appreciate it. But before I was one of those ones, like I'm not, why do I want to watch people beat up each other with light tubes? They're not even wrestling. They're just swinging. I could watch that on bumfights.com or whatever, you know, like I could, watch, <laughs> I could get that, stu- I could get that stuff somewhere else. Like that's how I felt originally with independent <laughs> wrestling. But now going to the GCW show, feeling like the electricity around me and how this is not a normal wrestling show. And now watching IWTV and getting on into now hundreds of different independent companies all over the country and world. Like there's a lot of good shit out there, but I was one of those people like, Hey, this is not grabbing my attention until I went to it and experienced it for myself. So that's why I kind of always like people that say, Oh, I used to be in a wrestling, but I'm watching them more like, Hey, go to a GCW show. You're going to get back into it. And I've seen that happen almost every single time of people that fell out of wrestling. And then now are back into it because of, going to a gcw show so i i think that is a tough question to answer how to get the younger kids that maybe to have no way to even how to how do i go about finding this to get that information right well i mean the reason why i also asked about the younger groups is because i mean if you can hook one kid that i said 16 you know if you hook one kid though he's gonna take a friend or he's gonna have a parent go along so you hook a kid you got two tickets you know, you hook a dad, you're probably going to get three, four tickets there sometimes. So, you know, like GCW hooked me. Well, they got my wife's ticket, my two kids tickets. We've got um, the next show, maybe even two more. So we're talking, you know, interest me and we've got five, six tickets rolling out there. Same Front thing. Row. Me. Front row, yeah. baby. Same thing. Me. I went to one then I was able to bring my son to uh, it wasn't a GCW show, but they had GCW talent on there. That's when he got to go in the ring with Jordan and everything. And hey, I want to go see him. Like, well, I'm about to go to a show right now. Watch him. Can I come? Let's go. And yep. he started becoming a fan. And then we told my wife everything that cool happened with him. My wife's like, oh, that's cool. Let me check it out. She went to a show. She never, she doesn't like wrestling at all. 
Like, yeah, or she went to GCW and she's super into GCW wrestling, like knows all the names and helps out our podcast with the Twitters and stuff. And knows like, like she pulled out someone there like, Hey, that's so-and-so, right? I'm like, damn, you've seen him like twice. How do you remember? Like, yep. They're getting fans. It starts with one and it grows into multiple. So I think that they do need to figure something out. I just think for GCW specifically, it's going to be a little bit harder to find out what's going to be successful for them to get uh, that younger audience. Okay, so this kind of goes into my next and last part of this uh, controversial tweet. I put in here that I believe Patreon members, so Patreon game changers, that part of it, I believe they should get a 15-minute early entrance into the building so that they can get first pick of the merch and also be able to meet talent maybe just on a little more intimate level before the huge crowds come in. I think that would be a... uh, I think that would be a very nice thing to do to the people who pay anywhere between uh, six and what, six and $75 a month. That's a front row ticket every month. And sometimes GCW doesn't show up for two to six months. Yeah. For people like that, I think it would be fantastic to let them come in there. And like I said, the talent can be just a little more, Hey, thank you so much for your support and da, 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 da. And what about maybe, um, you know, if you show your Nick Gage steel card there, your game changer card, you get 5% off all purchases. You know, little things like that, I think really would matter. No kidding. So I, I just wanted to put that out there. And um, I don't know. The only other thing was a Patreon meetup, but that's another one that that's way out. But that's a 15 tough, minute yeah. early entrance is not hard. Hear them talk about the Patreon meetups. Like, hey, that seems like something fans just got to take control over, not them. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then, like, yeah. hey, if you got something planned and, okay, it's set in stone and this is everything, maybe if talent or Brett has time and can show up, then they could. But I think for the most part, the meetup should be fan made. But I 1000% agree with you. Same thing, Patreon. Like, we're paying 75 bucks a month. Like, I should be able to get in early. Like, they like said 15 minutes early. Like it, it kind of works out that way anyway. By the time they get through the Patreon line and then the real line, that it's kind of like that's why I noticed last time the LA, like the last LA show I went to, it felt like there was a lot less crowd in there as it got closer to the show than normal. So it seemed like they were kind of not holding them back on purpose or maybe something else happened. But it did feel like the Patreons I got let in. We were in there for a while, kind of by ourselves before the crowds oh, kind of filling cool. in. But I just wish they would also, it's advertised on their Patreon. Like, hey, if you spend this much money, you're going to get into every single show for uh, early access. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't happen everywhere. Like I've seen in Vegas, like in Vegas, I've not gotten an early one time being a Patreon. And like, that's our home place. Like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. I don't know. Trying to to figure. Oh, there it is. Dude, I cannot wait for you to hear what Stephen A says. Oh, and see, yeah. So, we, and we don't even get first access to all the pre-sale codes. For the most part, we do. But um, let's see, still card podcast behind the scene heads up. Well, to be fair though, podcasts. Just so everyone knows, we are normal ass motherfucking fans. We're not getting anything special. We're paying our Patreon mm-hmm. dues. We get our Waiting Patreon packages. We wait in line accordingly. We have our steel MDK cards so that they can help us get to wherever for the front of the line for that. That's something you pay for that anyone can have. We pay full price on all of our tickets. We pay front row to support as much as possible. We buy merch. We say hello to the fucking people. We buy things from a uh, dude. We we do it right as much as we we do what GCW would want everyone to do. Bring four people with you and have a good time. 
And that's what we do. We enjoy the food, the drink, the wrestlers, the merch, the show. We scream our fucking heads off. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I just rambled. No, I'm looking at the, the Patreon. I know I don't want to get too much into it because we haven't got to the show yet. But even like the Patreon, like we're not getting half of what it says on there. Like, okay, we got first access pre-sale codes for the most part. Monthly package. Gotten got, gotten better, so we're getting that now. We all yes. like, they've caught up on the steel the steel MDK cards. Uh, we're getting more podcasts, so that's good. Behind the scenes videos, they do do that occasionally. Uh, I don't ever get a heads up on Patreon when new merch is about to drop, so that's one thing I would kind of like early access to that I'm paying for. The history of GCW podcast that's gone. The GCW event vlogs from TJ and friends that's gone we don't get that that i'm paying for breaking news before it hits social media we tell you first we don't get that anymore follow you on twitter and instagram it takes a minute shout outs on the podcast when we ask a question we get that shout out and the monthly postcard don't get that anymore either like i just kind of wish they would either get rid of what they're not going like stop false advertising because i know they've gone up and down and stuff like they've they've went bad fixed majority of it but I just wish they would fix all of it because 75 bucks is a lot of goddamn money and for a yeah. shirt and stuff. Like I would just like the full package of what I'm paying for. Yeah, the, there was um there was a big hiccup for a while and they do a lot to try to get everything. A back lot. In there. They did, yeah. Um I'll give them that much because I think within a four to six week span, I, I don't know how many packages. Like three packages, got, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like that's when I was saying my GCW shirts now outnumber all my other shirts. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, and I still love that I get it in the biggest size possible five X because like I can wear them to bed. Like they're so big. Like I wear them around the house when nobody sees me or what they look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, they have real nice soft shirts. So I like wearing them. Yeah. I mean, I would like to get it. At least if I'm not getting any of half the stuff I'm paying for 15 minutes, whenever I'm at a show, should be worth it. but that also depends on some places there is their own security that's handling that stuff i know kind of yes that becomes a little bit of a problem as well but if that's something you're not going to be doing all the time get it off the patreon and stop false advertising a little bit i don't know also also i want to say if i was to say anything about how do you make and keep fans are you ready for this fan interaction with the with the actual star Effie makes more fans by just saying hello than he does having stickers on a table. And that line is the biggest line ever. (laughs) Yeah. It's the experience. It's the whole thing. And I'm going to tell you, like there's without naming names, there's a lot of performers that should be out there making a name for themselves outside of the ring too. So I'm just saying, I don't know. I'll, I'll just kind of say the same thing. Cardona says, you're not that important that you can't go out before and or after to sell merch and meet your fans. What the fuck? I mean, what are you really doing? I mean, you're there. You spent the plane ticket, literally. Get out there and try to make the merch. And if you don't have merch, then why don't you just make some some fans? I'm going to tell you, most of the people that I enjoy in wrestling are the ones I had a chance to meet first. And then after that, from there. But or there's ones that I wanted to meet because I was just completely floored by what they do and I want to support them. So 
back and forth. Yeah, the fan, forth. the fan interaction is a big one. I mean, that's why it's me to come back and my family to come out to go see Jordan every time or go see Alec or go see Nick, like go see the ones that we want, want to enjoy. Whenever they're not there, that kind of like takes away a lot of the not going to the show. Like, oh, we can't see our favorite wrestlers. That kind of takes a little bit of uh, the excitement fun out of the shows. I've noticed. Well, I don't want to live on DMs. It really sucks to go, hey, dude, how you doing? Hey, you know, yeah. no, no, no. It's like, no, and we'll get into that part too. Um, do you want to just start into the no signal in the hills? Because I just realized we have a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll say too, when we're doing this part, John's going to be doing a lot of the talkings. He was there. He's got firsthand experience. He's got his good notes as he always does. So I'm going to kind of let him do most of the talking and I will just kind of piggyback on. A lot of my stuff to this podcast, I love the in-ring action. Everything was, this felt like a classic LA stuff, but I just had a kind of a sour taste in my mouth with the booking. And that's kind of what I really want to talk about a lot is some of the booking stuff. So that's where I will kind of jump in more on this podcast. So and I will try to lay out as much as I can for John to give his firsthand experiences on everything as well as his awesome reviews. So that's why I'll be kind of jumping in there to kind of speed up that this little process. I know we sp- did that much time anyway. So, uh, and we got a lot to talk about on this show and still Hell yeah. homecoming coming up. So that's kind of how this might be uh, laid out here over these next couple uh, hours here. So I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell everybody up front. My notes are about as good as they're going to be. They're a little short or they may be a little, I don't know, here or there. I'm not going to lie at my house, damn near burned down. So I'm trying to make notes. Right? Look at yeah. it. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Like I went to this show, but when I went and sat down to do the notes, I couldn't keep my head on wrestling because you know what I mean? Like there was so much going on. Like I have to go get my dogs shampooed and washed. I have, you know, there's so much. So anyway, um, what I have here is about the best I could do. No lie, everyone. If it lives wonderful, then great. If it's not, now you know why exactly it's like that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no signal in the hills from the UCC, baby. We ready to roll? Let's do this thing. Oh, right. I guess I, I guess that's my cue, huh? Yeah, that's I did that. I my like, <laughs> uh, it's, the way it is. it's all right. Uh, we are covering GCW's No Signal in the Hills, like John said, from the UCC in Los Angeles, California. And yep, there we go. All righty. So uh, let me go ahead and do this here. We've got uh, Dave Prezak, MLJ, and Jordan Castle sharing the duties on commentary. They're going to kind of rotate throughout the night. I will say they did a fantastic job. I was just about to say, I know I said I want to lay out. Like, I already want to jump in already. Fantastic <laughs> job, especially like I want to, especially Jordan and Dave Prezak. I think they did excellent job on commentary throughout this whole night. And gave a lot of cool little past tidbits and also future tidbits coming up with homecoming and everything. So um, especially Dave Prezak, like on one of the ones matches I wanted to bitch about, I bitched about it, not hearing it. And then when I went back the second time, I kind of heard him say something beforehand, kind of foreshadowed it. I was like, okay, there was a little foreshadowing. So I could have calmed down a little bit, but uh, yeah, they (laughs) did an excellent commentary. Excellent job once again. All right. So I, uh, I had to fight a little Friday night, LA traffic. That's expected the way things are little, little busy. Uh, I finally got to the venue though. I love pulling up to the UCC. I like getting in there and parking mainly because you always have a good spot. There's always plenty of room. That's one of my favorite things about the place. Plus it's a lot of wrestling fans, just GCW wrestling fans. There's really no danger in that parking lot. Everybody's just chill ass people. You know what I mean? 
anybody who's listening as a wrestling fan multiply that times a you know a couple hundred here and there it's a pretty chilled out place now you give them all like their phones and have them argue about wrestling they're going to be completely different monsters but face to face they're soft get them in the building and a couple (laughs) soft yeah also get them a couple drinks in their system and uh the rowdiness comes out as the show goes yeehaw that's one thing this show i will say that too i didn't notice any of that bullshit this show i don't know this show there was none as a fan, how, that's why I wanted to say that. That was my kind of big question. Like, I didn't notice any stupidness from the fans. No, nope. my other shows and you being there, I was going to ask you what you saw around. Nothing. No, really, Great. nothing. And I was kind of expecting some excitement somewhere, and no. And it was same with security. It was almost like they were hardly seen, which is beautiful. Good. Uh, Good. They were Continue. there. They did their job. Uh, I'm not going to kind of kill the GCW five, but I almost think they should have a little rope way where the performers can walk through. So instead of getting flooded by people here and there, maybe give them a clear area every now and then. But again, that's killing the GCW vibe. And again, I think it's just cause I'm old. Uh, I got to use my MDK card because I just got it in the mail a couple, a uh, couple weeks ago. I took a picture and put it online. It took a while to get, not going to lie, but I finally have it. I'm there at the building. Got a nice hug from old doo-doo head. He's running security outside. Great guy. Really enjoyed talking to him again. Same thing. It's not an old friend, but it's like talking to an old friend. You know, you share a smile. You're like, hey, you. Because <laughs> sometimes you don't remember names. You're like, you know. Hey. Yeah. So, uh, but I anticipated this show to be the hottest of the year, literally, because it's <laughs> August in L.A. Yeah, so and and that's exactly what happened because I knew it was really warm at the last show where you were at when we were in LA a couple uh, months before that. So, yeah, I anticipated it to be a scorcher. There are quite a few people with fans in the crowd that they were the smart ones, that's for sure. So, my crew gets inside, they hit the merch tables, I start making my rounds to say hi. Um, I'm loving all the smiles and the hugs. I like seeing people smile when they see me. I like smiling when I see them. Feels good. We talk with each other about wrestling. We catch up on each other's latest happenings in our lives. Oh boy, we gossip. Wrestlers gossip, baby. And and I don't mean it like I don't know, it's something about artists maybe, but they like to gossip. I don't mean anything bad by it and I'm not a leaky faucet, so I don't mind there. Uh yeah, the wife, she likes to talk about all the new shows that they're watching on Netflix or whatever. She talks with their, you know, girlfriends. Like normal life stuff. It's nothing too crazy. I'm not out there trying to get the scoop on anything. Sorry, but not sorry. It kind of keeps our uh our reputation intact. And honestly, I can say if anybody else were to start a wrestling podcast, you're gonna do a lot better for yourself doing like we do and not being the dirt type. Yeah, I'm we ain't dirt not sheets at all. No, and on top of that, I'll tell you, we don't get negativity bullshit on Twitter. We don't get negativity or bullshit anywhere. We've been very fortunate. And um, I said that to Brett, and he was like, that's because they must know that you guys are doing it from the right place. I thought yeah, that I mean, was and a really nice thing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And we've also heard, like, we've also kind of had a sit on some news or some uh information that we've been lots privy to where it's kind of like oh but that's uh, well, that's not what our job here to do our job is no. here is to review give the fans out here what happened gcw so we won't be doing any of those news breakings or any of that stuff on this one even though there was no, one no, no. there was one i had i was like oh i want to say this one i gotta tell somebody but uh i held on to it no it was, that's good it was tough 
I think I screwed up one time. I mentioned one person that was out my house at my house that wasn't public. That's the only thing uh, I've ever one time. That's it. And I think that was nothing really. I don't yeah. think. But uh, so I'll get into this a little bit without going into detail, because I said uh, in a roundabout, basically everyone had a bunch of nice things to say about what we do here. GCW Plant Podcast. Yeah. And I'll stand by that. They really, dude, I went home with a permanent smile, feeling really good about myself. And I went to bed happy for the first, like having all three of those at one time was like the trifecta. It's rare. And I was like, I feel like what I did was worth it. I, every, everybody was so thankful. And um, I don't know. I just felt proud of what we do, felt proud of the podcast. And, um, I mean, if anybody is listening that gives a shit that's, you know, part of the whole GCW family, uh, we all love you back. We're thankful. So I don't know what else you wanted to add on to that, but no, that fantastic. just it's cool seeing that. Yeah, we are getting a lot. I, I've noticed on my end, too. I know you have a lot more followers than I do, but I, I know it's not even when I tweet out, I'm getting a lot more interactions from people and stuff like that. So that has been pretty cool. And I, yeah, when I saw your tweet, blow, I even look at my wife like, holy shit, John's tweet blew up here. And like, but it's a good tweet. It's like not a bad one. So I was like, like I was telling you, like I was telling my wife, it's a, it was a good tweet and like got good feedback. And usually when tweets kind of for our size, that kind of blew up. But I mean, you said 32K, that's a lot. So yeah. when a tweet like that kind of blows up and it's not anything negative, that's very odd to see. And I was like, I was kind of glad to see that though, because it's a lot of stuff that we've talked about on the podcast and, or we've talked about even just one-on-one and we mentioned so what like i didn't think it would get a negative blow up but you know anything you post on twitter someone's going to find something negative uh-huh. surprisingly not a single message did, which was good that's a good sign <laughs> i literally was like you know thank you for everyone not being an ass i i had to say it because i felt like this was a unicorn message where there wasn't a single person that got offended or had something wrong everyone had something constructive to say and I like I wish the internet went like that post. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and just because if they said something different doesn't mean it's negative. Like it's just the difference of opinions, or as you said, it's like I think I know what you're saying. Like what some person said, like, oh, they might have not agreed with it, but they gave their reasoning, and that made sense too. It's like, hey, both yep. could be right, but you just choose one and the other chose the other. That's perfectly yep. fine. That is how life works. It's okay to get to the same route by different de- destinations. <laughs> Well, you know, you're always jumpy online with stuff like that, but there was quite a few people like, well, I agree with this part. And another one's like, I agree with that part. And sometimes online you get someone saying, well, I agree with this and fuck all the rest and fuck you. And I'm like, I got none of that. And it was so nice that it's funny. You have an independent company like GCW. It's known for being wild and this and that. And then you have our fans. Like I said, it's kind of like a brotherhood and sisterhood where we're kind of not like that with each other outside some outliers that might be, you know, assholes. but. No, I mean, we were able to have a more civil conversation than I've seen in more. I've never seen that as good as usually there's someone pissing in the po- 32,000 screens. Someone should have bitched. And that's what I'm about to say. Even the people you said that are outside the GCW bubble, those are the ones that are more likely to shit on us for being the backyard company and blah, blah, blah. Like they will find any reason. Oh, I see GCW. Let me go shit on them. Even though I have no idea what's the conversation is. I just know yeah. GCW, I'm going to shit on them. Like that, to, as you said, to get 32,000 people to look at that and not get anything was pretty crazy, but I don't think it was just, it's just all opinions too. It's nothing like uh, cut, cut and dry kind of thing. Like nothing negative. Like it was just our opinions and what we would like to see. So 
I, yeah. I'm glad though to see that the positivity around that tweet. Dude, it's just and same thing at the show. There are fans now that you know and I know that were like, hey, what's up, dude? You always see the same people over and over. Um, the ones that we saw at, I'll just say it now because they listen too. There's a couple, I won't mention their name, that we saw at Eddie's. They're at all the Las Vegas shows. They are a wrestling couple, dude. Just like you, just like me. They're a wrestling couple. Um, I'll have you come over and say hi. You probably already know them. No shit. They're nice as can be. And uh, I think Stephanie they at the LA show? pictures you can see. This latest one and all the others, too. They're like ultra fans. Just did, like us. It's awesome. sit to the left of you? Um, on this show, they sat to the right of me. Right. Um, okay. Over... Um, I'll show you a picture, ask Steph sometime and I'll, but they're, they're as nice as can be. And that's a couple where uh, this time they, we didn't see each other, but mid show we did. And I pointed over and the lady's like, Hey, and then she taps her husband on the shoulder and she's like pointing over frantically. And because they're ultra fans like they hold up their shirts because they had specific i can't remember what shirts they were but it was like hey look at my shirt i'm like you know people <laughs> just having fun so they had their shirts and they had these million dollar smiles so i tapped my wife on the shoulder and i'm like hey staff like take their picture real quick so they kind of did like a couple's thing and it's like that man just like yeah wrestling wrestling couples like it's so cool when a, when a wrestling fan can find a lady that you're lucky enough that is great if she's not a wrestling fan make her one be lucky I enough have, like to, I me made to make them one <laughs> no, I, exactly. I didn't make i didn't make i made a gcw fan i didn't make a wrestling fan i made a jordan slash gcw fan it worked <laughs> hey it worked dude you'll take it you know yes it's no that's fantastic so um when it comes to fantastic we had fantastic seats that were great for my wife to take pictures and you guys were all over the action like every time i looked like dude did you even see sit in your seat for half the time because every time every time the action was like right in your area right in your seat somebody yeah. flying into your chairs like you guys were right in the action all night that's the one thing i did notice a lot too okay so we'll play around with that for a minute we were the hype section and i think i whoever's doing seating i know that they kind of do alphabetically but i'm hoping they're noticing when it has our last names in the seats bring the cameras over because we stand we get hype we do you know it we're almost embarrassingly too loud sometimes <laughs> like we get the fuck into it we got into it so much that we had our section like pretty loud um there is a moment where you see gage he starts doing the thing where he's like do you want this side do you want this side i saw you dude, like come in here bring it here dude I saw the you. whole yeah and you notice at one point the camera only had like six of us but you could see all six of us on camera standing like let's fucking go like that's what we do so if anybody really notices our little section of four are hype as fuck and it usually becomes a little viral in our area and number two my wife takes excellent pictures so we're lucky when we can get towards the center and this time we were more towards the center which was really nice now the bad part was my wife was sandwiched between me and the guy from the wrestling enthusiast and neither of us are small so so that kind of made it a little difficult but let me say something really, really nice. Both he and I worked our asses off to make sure she was comfortable and had a seat. I know he wasn't comfortable and I know I wasn't super comfortable. So if there's anything I'll ever say, and the first thing I ever will say was that he was a gentleman and very nice about making sure my wife was comfortable sitting next to him. And I know he did not have a lot of room 
and he made the most of it. And I appreciate that and didn't have a chance to tell him, but I will tell him when I see him next time. Cause he's always at the shows too. And I have yet to even introduce myself. He had no idea we were sitting together. So, <laughs> but yeah, when I have a chance, I'll say hi to him sometime, but that was too make funny sure I give him those deuce. What's that? that? Two funny spots of you, or, uh, of you in like in the crowd. I kind of enjoyed was the women's match. I think it was near the end. Like they're all fighting, like right by you. <laughs> you just like stood there, like do something, break it up, get involved, do something <laughs> out there. And then also at the beginning of the show with uh, Vandegger flying over the top rope. You're sitting there oh clapping, and then all of a sudden, like, oh shit, what just happened? <laughs> like, okay, I guess the match just started. I thought, that dude, was I, cool I totally, that. I totally didn't see it because here's why. Yeah, I you were was looking. looking at Macisos with the fucking jackets. Yep, they had the uh, Rivera jackets. Oh, so Cholo like, too. And okay, little Cholo so, was right by you when Vandegger flew over. So I'm not gonna lie. Here's what was going on when little Cholo was walking out, and he was getting to start real close to me. Okay, man, I'm That's old all. school. I was saying, you can see me mouth, little Cholo. Thank you, yep. little Cholo. Thank you, and you can see uh -huh. him kind of turn to the side and kind of nod his head and keep going, dude. Instant respect for that dude from people who know who he is. And then bodies flying right over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck. It was nice seeing Little Cholo though, too. That was a nice yeah, little man. surprise. I I appreciate it. For those who know what's up, yeah. Um, but it was hot at the UCC. We knew that was going to happen. The chairs were close together. No lie, the AC was blasting as much as they can put it. But everyone was still sweating on top of each other. Nobody gave a damn. We were having a ton of fun. The scramble match and participants, like I said, were unannounced. Initially, I was bummed out about some of my favorites not being there, only to see them there, which was a nice surprise. I'm repeating myself, unfortunately, but I miss Cole Radrick at the show. That's my dude, bottom of my heart. I hope to see him back soon. And like I said, I, he's good to go for this weekend. I know that for sure, because he was making sure he had a spot. Oh, uh, I didn't see the match somewhere. I didn't see your next paragraph. <laughs> my bad. Oh. All right, so we'll get there. We'll get there. No, I just not realized it too. So uh, Emil opens the show. He's like, I'm in Los Angeles. The crowd fucking erupts as LA. All, they always do. The unguided 2.0 are ringside and they enter the ring. Macisos music hits. They come out in those Ribera jackets again. Lil Cholo leads the charge. Macisos barely walk towards the ring and you see Matt Vandegrift's body just flying off camera and splashing onto Los Macisos below. Referee Scarlet quickly gives the signal and ding, 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 the bell rings. This runs us into our first match of the evening. Which is the six-man tag match as Little Cholo Los Macisos go against Unguided 2.0, which is Bodie, Young Prodigy, Damian Drake, and Matt Vandegrift. I am so glad to see Matt Vandegrift on the card. Like, I, I want to see him at every show. I want to see more shows. Like, he belongs to GCW, even if it's just in these scramble matches. He's an incredible high flyer that I want to see way more of in GCW because I think that's where his personality comes out even more so in GCW than we see in FSW. So I think we see the best Matt, version of Matt Vandegrift in GCW. So when he was announced, I think even they announced him even before the, like, the week of or maybe two weeks prior they announced like hey the unguided 2.0 and i was excited because usually he's not well he's one of those unannounced people that are just thrown in in the scramble because they're like the local talent so him to kind of get a not a spotlight match but a match like with a graphic and stuff is a step ahead of what he's been doing in gcw so that was my main big takeaway from this match was seeing vandergriff and um and unguided 2.0 and on commentary jordan castle because he does a lot of work out here too he was very knowledgeable on Vandergriff, and so was Prezek. They were able to give a lot of 
good information, as well as Bodie Young Prodigy and Damian Drake from their time, from their FSW versus GCW show, as well as Bodie Young Prodigy's match against Jimmy Lloyd at D-Generation F. I loved how commentary called all that out and gave background information because as, I mean, we know them, but as we always get, we would look for that information as fans, where we're watching like a GCW in the New South to get these, to get information on the new uh, talent that we've never seen before, so I really did appreciate the commentary on this match and also get to see Vanneker. Well, if you like that commentary, wait till you hear mine. All okay. right. No, no. Um, okay, so the Unguided 2.0, the best way we can describe them is Las Vegas' finest. Um, off the top of my head, there are three of the best ones we have out in there in Las Vegas, and I'll allow one spot or two there just for fun off the top of my head. But I'll tell you right now, these three in any Las Vegas card is guaranteed to be at least three fantastic matches on that card. Um, the unguided started fast. They were basically trying to get that tactile advantage on their opponents with that dive there. Uh, Bodie's first time on a main GCW show. He has been on a GCW sponsored show. I think is the way to put it. You well, were he was on live the, for it, right? He was on the FSW versus GCW one. Okay, yeah. And then uh, was when he, they came out here, and he was at the collective was against collective. Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, against, uh, yeah, Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, 16 years old. He has a fantastic future uh, ahead of him. There's a reason why they call him the prodigy. I've watched him do his thing quite a few times, and he's one of our family's favorites. Also, same thing that we were talking about GCW before. He really does connect well with the younger audience. Yes. So, you know, I put on here in my notes, the only thing I have to say about Vandergriff that hasn't been said, but he's training at the NJPW's dojo. Enough to be said right there. It takes a lot to get into there. He works hard and earned that spot. Now on to Damian Drake of Unguided 2.0. I have him down here as just plain fantastic hard worker, great image and vibe. Women love him. He has a party atmosphere inside his character. And I wish he came out to his music at GCW. The GCW fans would have absolutely loved it. What so, music did they come out to? Was it Vandergriff's like the like the starry kind of space one or uh, the relax go to it? If you know, is that what is that who they uh -huh. came out to? No, they came out to some other music. Oh, that's, that's what I was asking. I was wondering what music. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and what I'm saying about Damian Drake is because I've watched him for quite a while also. And the statements that I made about all three of these people are based upon actual really sitting there front row, every single fucking show, watching them doing what they do. And um, the future of Las Vegas wrestling is beautiful, but these guys are going to go further. It's just, it's a guarantee. Okay. So, uh, Ciclope, he has chic boots with the curled toe. I don't know if you noticed that during the match or not. I think he had it like on the last show too. I want to, yeah, I thought I'm, it's all okay. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. I like it though. He's always got something weird or funny going on. I yeah. have a feeling that's Backpack, just his goggles. <laughs> I love it. Uh, a couple spots I want to mention here. Vandegriff tossing Bodie over his head. Bodie then twisting in midair and lands on the opponent. There's another with the unguided with an assisted code red. Uh, little Chodo, Ch little Chodo. That's not a good thing. 
Will Cholo catching Bodie in midair and turning it into a cutter. And then Bodie with a 450 splash. Uh, around minute three, we had chairs and doors coming in. There was a door bridge created. Somebody yelled, which gets yelled at every show. He's just a boy. It never fails that someone says it in a Bodie match, but it's all in fun. There was more teamwork than singles actions in this. A lot of three-on-ones, two-on-ones. Close to the end of the match, Bodie and Drake are basically laid out in the floor and out of the action. Our ending here was Los Macisos putting Matt Vandergriff through a door bridge and cover for three. So our winners here, Lil Cholo and Los Macisos. What you say? Good opening match, and I think a great spotlight for the unguided, as well as also getting yeah. a little Cholo back involved uh, in GCW as well. I, I enjoyed that part as well. That's what this is why I miss like LA fights, seeing the likes of little Cholo, um, Lucas Riley, and some of these other talents that we see on the West Coast that aren't being predominantly shown anywhere else other than out here in the West Coast. That's where I, that's where I miss LA fights. Yeah, you don't see Eli ever fly much in AC. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't really see SPS out there too much. You're not going to get Fatu out there too often, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. South Pacific Savages. No, I got you. Yeah, I got it. I had a quick the SP. Oh, got it. Um, Dude, there's yeah. so many letters and so many wrestlers. It's like, <laughs> shit. Hey, I'm not lying. I said hog earlier. You're like, huh? Oh, yeah, House of Glory. <laughs> how, many, how many independent wrestlers do you think you could recognize by name? I mean, what, 150 probably? I'm not lying, dude. On GCW alone, we there. could... We could recognize probably 80 just in the last year. Easy. I wish somebody would. You ever watch? I know this is totally not off topic, so I'll keep it short. The SPN show, Stump the Schwab. Dude, um, like the one guy come on and he knew everything on sports. and like Long time ago. Yeah. I wish they kind of had like something like that for wrestling. I always thought about like that or like around the horn kind of wrestling for, for shit like that. Like we'll see right there. We're giving out stuff. free ideas. ideas I if know, we right? just had the technical know-how and two I've more been... people, we could be like doing a thingy. I've been saying around the horn for a while. Like I want some sort of like, hey, here's the topic you for discuss points. Boom! Like that's one thing I've been really wanting for uh, last couple of years. I've been seeing in wrestling, but great opening match. I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, great way to start off the show. Our second matchup of the evening is a four way match, as it is Steph Delander, Ali Catch, Maki Ito, and Masha Slamovich. I liked how they gave these four the showcase here. All four of them are in pretty big storylines going into GCW's uh, homecoming this weekend. And I was interested to see how this match would play out. And at first I was getting a little irritated <laughs> of like where this match kind of seemed it was going to go. But mm-hmm. the ending, I, I loved it as it kind of further sets a uh, storyline uh, coming up here soon. So ultimately I think all four women did a pretty good job in ring action. And I love like the different little teams that they kind of had throughout the, this match as well. They tried to keep the whole thing busy at all yeah. times. They weren't they weren't letting up on that. It was a a light scramble. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were just two people short. So um Steph Delander was out first. Middle fingers are pointing at her as she gives them back. She has a total dislike from the fans. She grabs the mic and she says, She's the women's internet champion. And what made me laugh, she should be on SmackDown right now. That that had me going. Masha was out next. Uh, she gets a great pop from the fans. She does look like she means business. I do like that about her. Allie was out next to Lady Gaga. She sings and is very poppy, what I put. Uh, Maki was out next. She goes to all four sides of the ring. Security is really good at covering her. And it's interesting that I noticed that all three women watched her entrance all the way around. 
very interesting. You generally don't see that too often. And that maybe says something about Maki Ito. I don't know. Uh, Steph Lander says MDK and fuck GCW. Fuck you. Fuck you. She says back to you. Fuck you. Every single one of you. And the ladies then kick her out of the ring and the bell uh, starts us off here. Allie with a tope on all three women was a highlight that I just wanted to kind of pick out for a minute. There was a lot of good back and forth. The women were keeping a good pace as always when they rotated their competitors. Maki found the pizza cutter halfway through the match. Uh, there's a nice spot here where Steph and Allie do their makeout spot while Maki and Masha pull them apart. Eventually, Steph Delander tries to trick Allie into a roll-up for two, then Maki Ito Kakeshi on all three opponents. Uh, our ending was kind of awkward, but Blake comes out and lays out Masha. Maki starts yelling at Blake. She starts beating on Blake. Steph Delander surprises Maki with some spo- uh, form of a spinning pile driver for three. Um, it's okay if I say it, and... Um, it seems like I see a lot of eye rolling and I see a lot of people who say this, especially my wife, but after it's been done a couple times, the two girls making out thing isn't very shocking, nor is it pop worthy. I mean, somebody might go, Ooh, but honestly it doesn't have the same factor that it did maybe in the nineties. So I'm just saying that, We've seen it. I get it. If this is something that will continue, fine. But at the same time, I'm putting it up there like a cheap pop. No shit. It's a cheap pop. I'll tell you what. I'll just kiss you. And, you know, that's like mentioning, hey, I'm happy to be in Orlando. It's just as easy to do. Cheap pop. I I wish that she wouldn't use it as a crutch kind of thing, as you said, to get that cheap pop. That's where I, like, I think, like, whenever I see that spot, like, it's funny certain times, like, as you said, Every once in a while, not every goddamn match. I'm like the same thing. Like I'm glad Steph like turned it into something into a move. Like I'm glad it what didn't go like how it always. There was go. reasoning. Yes, there that was a reason. Yep. So like I I I am tired of that spot as well. But I think Alley catches like so good where she doesn't need to use that to get that pop or to even get that little thirty seconds of the crowd. Like I just wish the action spoke more. In the ring, and that's why I've been saying that's why I've been loving when Ali's going cam in the ring. It's been good. She's been really good. That's the old Ali catch I like. But when you go to the same SDL and the kissing every single match, like it does, I, I agree with you. That's become a, that's where I too like right there. Use like I zone out. Like okay, I'm done. Like this doesn't need to be a part of every single match unless like this one. It made sense SDL since it happened before in Vegas. It happened like, hey, we're not going to do it again. We're going to switch it up and not do the same move over and over again. So I'm glad at least it was turned into a roll-up. I'm, I'm right there with you. I just wish it wasn't used as a crutch or way to get a cheap pop because Alley Catch doesn't need that. Neither does SDL. Like I think they're good enough doing other stuff to get that key to pop than doing those kind of spots every single match. I feel so old and uncool. We're literally <laughs> from the, the Attitude Era, but... That was cool in the attitude. But even then, I did. I got tired of it all the time. Like every single show, it's like the same thing, same five minute segment, just with different faces. It's like I get. Oh, I can't. I don't want to be rough. I don't want to be rough on it. But I had to. But I had to give my opinion. I'm like, okay. I mean, this is something we've alluded. If it's bugging girls, if it's bugging ladies and men, 
like to a point where like uh, we're all going like that and maybe it's time to lighten up just a little bit until later we're not telling people what to do we're just yep. telling you what we feel like when we see it i had the same reaction it's the last thing i want to say on it go back and watch it when that's happening look at maki ito's reaction like again like oh then like then she goes like oh like the ew like no like because the japanese like yeah. she's like no we don't do that kind of like but like she kind of first kind of like oh again kind of thing like this is what we got to stop our match for this kind of part also i noticed that both ladies were standing there while they were watching the other two mm-hmm. do that when they should have been fighting mm-hmm. that's where i or, think it totally just or, ruins the pace of the match like the pacing of hate, the match don't hate me it's a one-on-one on one-on-one if you see two people doing that you know what you do is you crack double one in the back of the head and you oh, fucking too, make yeah. a double double yeah. coconut i mean there's so many cool things that could have been done a double roll-up would have been actually the best way to do this and i think like bussy's done that before like hey whoever ali's about to kiss effie will roll up and then whoever the yes. opponent is will roll up ali or vice versa whoever effie's about to kiss effie's or ali's rolling up that opponent like it's i i don't know like i'm the same way i just don't need to see it every show especially when she's so talented not doing that stuff to get that pop like she could get that pop by doing all her cool moves and doing everything in the ring that she's been doing to get over not to rely on that to kind of further get over okay i'm gonna dig real back far in the uh, archives for a minute back in the day during the attitude era there was actually just to be edgy and surprising there used to be a tag team called the lesbians you know that I'm not lying. No. There was a tag team. I remember PMS. No, I'm not <laughs> kidding. And I know it's a weird thing to look up, but look up WWE, the lesbian. It was actually, it put team, actually put the lesbians team after that. It was literally just two ladies and they brought them out and they went to the ring and made out. And it was good for about three matches. And then people were sick of it. You see what I'm talking about? There's two ladies. I know it sounds awkward to say this shit, but it was a WWE team. Maybe I don't know about a team. Out. I know the segment. Like uh, when I, I typed in what you said, and like I'm seeing the segment that I was talking yep. about that I've seen. That was they would come out and do that. HLA, it, yeah, they, I hated it, that too. That was so okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, HLA was so dumb too. I hated that. Like I almost like almost got it confused with the three minute warning. Like that was totally opposite. I love three minute yeah. warning. Like yeah, but the HLA like every fucking week. Like come on, dude. Like yeah, fish with Bishop. Yeah, I hated that. I hated that. I think uh, it just takes away from uh, there's spots for it. Not every show is my thing. Right. Right. Now, if it was used for deception every time or if it was used for, you know what I mean? But I mean, like, if it's just this is what it's going to be. Effie yeah. uses it for psychology sometimes when he does his drop down. Yes, like it yes. varies every single time on the opponent. And that's why I never yes. really complain about it too much, because he changes it up. It's not the same trope of 30 seconds of that. And again, we're only talking about like 10 seconds of a match. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, just it was something that you'd mentioned. I don't know if you mentioned it first or I mentioned I think I mentioned it first, but I guess we both needed to say it. So <laughs> I just like, I, this- I, I just think some of the talents doesn't need to rely on those things, like and the cheap pops, like yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Like even some of the things like they do, like it's cheap pops, but like, ah, eh, like I like you're, you're better than that. You don't need to do that, I think. Yeah. But it's their wrestling. If they want to do it, then that's fine. I just, I don't appreciate, I don't enjoy that part, which is fine. That's me. As you said, the show doesn't mean it's for everybody. It doesn't pop you like it used to at all. 
That's what you're maybe saying. You know what I mean? I've like, never cared for that you. kind of stuff in wrestling. Is my thing. Like, I, I, I want to see that stuff. There's others. Well, my my ECW days, my ECW days. I thought that was pretty cool, but I was also 15 years old. So you know what I mean. That's a, that's a totally and, different me than see, it is today. I was opposite. Like I, when I watch wrestling, I'm in there for like the stories and the wrestling, like that. Yeah. that kind of, like even like the whole Val Venus, all that stuff. I was like, oh, really? Like why do we got to do this choppy choppy stuff? <laughs> like this has nothing that to do with wrestling. Horrible. Like it's just too much. That or May Young birthing a hand. Yeah, like some of that shit. Was so yeah, choppy choppy or PP was so terrible. Oh man, I and then they like cut at the end of the show. Like it, yeah, they, yeah, that was that was bad. Those are bad times. Good and bad I, times, I guess the way to put it. I appreciated this match though because they literally all four, other than Steph and Ma, uh, Steph and Maki, kind of have their thing going against each other. But like Masha had something going with Blake. Allie has her thing going on with um, uh. Who's pussy going? I guess oh, I'm confusing. So you're right. Never mind. Hold on. Hold on. I can give you an answer on that. Don't one. they have I like, have it. That's just I have it at the head. bottom for homecoming. So on night one, we have Thrussy versus uh, Los Macisos. Oh, okay. And I just, on night two, we have Thrunt versus <laughs> Thrunt. That just sounds, oh, it, just, <laughs> it sounds interesting. I, uh, I'm, I I'm interested like... to see well, what happens this weekend now after we said that there's going to be a. Uh some watermarks or some warning screens coming up on this next show oh i think <laughs> thrunt thrunt sounds like when you fall down on your ass too hard and you shit yourself it sounds like a, a like a thrunt it's, not, it's, not, it's like the noise you make when you're thrusting <laughs> all right man, the, i'm taking the this thrunt. the thrunt <laughs> The threat. I don't know. Oh. I, just, I think it's funny. I think it's funny that they came up with something different. I like so, how they can change mean? the names like that. Yeah, they kind of progress these names. Like some of those, like even that one with the young, dup and broken, elderly Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, blah, the, blah, high, blah. with yeah. the medium IQ. Like uh, I love those kind of like when they switch it where it makes sense like that. I enjoy when they get silly with those names. Um, yeah, but Blake was helping Steph Delander. Masha starts choking Blake, and Steph Delander basically didn't know what was going on. Masha and Steph Delander then fought to the back. So here we are again with Masha and Blake. It's a little furthering of the storyline here. Into night two. I don't know how far I want to get into this, but I'm not really like I understand and believe, just like you, that the championship should be defended and the main event, unless we were saying maybe a special attraction of some time. Uh, of some type but okay i'm sorry don't hate me this is the show where i guess we're just gonna have opinions that are a little more i'm not really interested in this as a main event i feel like this should be part of somewhere in the middle of the card i really do i think this will and should be wrestling heavy with a decent amount of uh speed to it but i don't know how that goes above some of the other matches on the card and so that's kind of my, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of say it because it doesn't feel like a main event, main event. It feels like the middle of the card being put to the main event because that just happens to be the heavyweight champion. And I'm not a big fan too much of these two keeping the title. I don't want to say against it because I did like Blake's run, Masha's run, not as much, but we we do need a different champion. I don't know who's going to win in this, but... I just don't. It's not MDK versus Deathmatch Royalty. That's for damn sure. That's the main event of night one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's all I was about to say. I'm going to quickly read the lineup here. You probably already see it, but what match would you put in the main event then? You got oh Dragon boy. Kid versus Commander, 
Rat Pack. That's good. Yeah, that's good, but Billy that's Starks, not main event Finley, winning. Leon, and Starboy going against Thrunt. You know, There's like it, no story there or anything. It's just a match. Yeah. Becca versus Maki Ito. That should not be main event. Uh, East West Express against uh, Sasaki and Segura. Eh, uh, like there's no build event. there. Dante Leon and Ninja Mac versus Alec Price and Cole. That's going oh to be a gosh. good match. But night night two is weak. I that's our WrestleMania. Night two is always weak though, or is always gotcha. weak. I thought gotcha. I've always thought night one's been like the big. I like, think about a homecoming. Matt Cardona, Nick Gage. That was night one. Yeah. Night two yeah. was the, like I forgot what the main event was. Like night one is the main event. Night two because they have two event or day two usually they'll have that JCW show at the beginning and then. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, okay. night two, and it is usually shorter, and it is not. I, I, I don't think the star power is there either. But night two is usually always kind of like the weaker of the nights, I think. But I always think you should okay, end off strong. Yeah. And I think based off of this card, uh, the next match is Rena versus Violento Jack. Okay, cool, ultra violent match. But I think ultimately, I, I think Blake versus Masha needs to be the main event, especially just as you you're said, right. Card and it is weak. It is kind of a weaker card compared to night one but night one's just the night that they're going to get all the eyes on them because it's saturday night not sunday afternoon well damn it you're right that's just my you're opinion. right you're right no 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 that is it's the right opinion i'm looking at this that's that's the one that should be at the top it's, now if this was like the next night I, if this was night one yeah. then yeah i think oh night gosh one, I, I don't would even have... know where it would sit on night one let me let me look at what night one looks like arena versus sasaki uh, Deathmatch Royalty, MDK. I think that's got to be the main event. Joey Janela, Sawyer Wreck versus Charles Mason Perro. That's good. Crazy King, mm-hmm. or Los Mercisos with Crazy King against Threshy. Threshy, that's going to be good, but there's no story. That's just a match thrown together. The scramble is going to be incredible. Uh, even with Vikingo yes. missing now, uh, that is, unfortunately, that took a lot of w- sales out of my win for that scramble. But I think it's still going to be incredible. They inserted Cole in, which I think could do, might not be the Lucha stuff, but he, I think, could do a lot of cool stuff non-Lucha that no one else in that match is going to do. And I think that's where his chance to shine is going to be. Um, Segura versus Dramay Murdoch, King of Freedom world title. Okay, but that's a Freedoms title. Violento Jack Tremont, cool-looking match. No story. Tony Deppin coming back against Alex Zane. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that match. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect welcome back match. His best, I don't know if his best friend, but in GCW, those two are, are kind of always linked together, in my opinion. I think that's going to be good in Alec Price versus Leon Slater. So the night on uh, night one, I don't think that is the main event. Maybe the co-main event, but not mm-hmm. the main event. I think the main event night one is absolutely should be Death Metroity and Maki Death Kill. And I think and, and I'm fine with it. I'm glad. Don't put Blake on that night. Put him, give him the spotlight. Give the world champion the main event. Give him the spotlight. That's where, like yeah. I said, that's where I, when we were texting, I said, I want to see the GCW world title. And if it's going to be defended, I think it always should be the main event because you're trying to elevate that. If you put that on lower card, who gives a shit if it's like in this one, like that's the next match is Chris Bay versus Blake Christians. Like, why is that match three? What the fuck? Like, why is the champion <laughs> on match three? Like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to save it. Well, but well, I, hold on. I think- you're right. You're right. And I think Blake, did you notice he said some shit about that in Detroit, too, where he's like, finally, yeah, the, Detroit the, one. the champions in the yep. main event. Best promo ever. That was the one night. Give Blake the mic for longer that night. Let him let him let him cook. Because that's what the new saying I've been hearing all week. This two weeks, let the kids cook. Let Blake cook yeah. on the mic yeah. that night because he was cooking. That is the, he is absolutely right. Why put the belt on him if you don't trust him and be your main event carrier show is my opinion. As a well, world champion, that's where all of my shit. And this episode is probably going to come out where I don't understand what the booking is 
for a lot of things. Number one priority is obviously the world title, in my opinion. So I am glad that it, don't put them, don't throw them on night one just to throw in another cool match. Save that for night yes. two and have him let that match go 30 minutes. Let him tell a crazy story. Let him go nuts in that match. Give Masha and Blake the full one on one match that they we never got at TOS, is what I'm saying. I hope they get plenty of time and do a bunch of cool shit. I hope this main event turns into Masha versus Speedball. That was that was the best matchup for GCW. I've seen title run just in general. Well, I don't know that and Rena was awesome too. But in her title run, that speedball match was awesome. That had everything and was giving time. I hope Blake and Masha get that same time to tell a cool story like that as well, and get the, all the spotlight and all the eyes and all the attention night too. Well, let's hope that it's dynamite night too. That's that's <laughs> right. what I'm really hoping for. Because yeah, I made my statement, and then you had me look at the card and go, "Wait a minute, John, we're sorry." Where I, I go? Said, I go, what, 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 no, sorry, no, what sorry. Main event? Would you do like it's a- being being right is right, and you actually pointed me to look at something in a different dimension, and I'm like, "Well, shit, you're right there." I thought <laughs> it was flat, and I move around 90 degrees, and I go, "Shit, that thing's pointy." Uh, but the whole card, the whole that night two card is kind of. Yeah, compared to night one, compared to night one, but well, I'll always reserve my judgment to see what happens. So that match broke into chaos after the end there, and after after just a little bit here, we see that good old Blake Christian's getting beaten up just quite a bit there. He's been softened up. Well, the crowd picks up the noise real quick. They see Chris Bay walk out, and the crowd is just louder, louder. They're anticipating a possible new champion here. Blake is weakened, and the crowd knows it, and that added an extra layer of excitement. It feels like a cash-in of the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's exactly what it felt like here. And who's our next briefcase holder is all I'm going to ask, because my, oh my, that's the way to cash it in. Yeah, I, it, I, I don't know. The crowd made me think like, Oh shit! Like they really think Chris Bay is gonna win? Like in my eyes, no, dude, no way. Dude, well, I saw the crowd. The crowd was hot for that, bro. I like you know how the crowd is. Like it doesn't translate on TV. The same. The crowd went nuts. Like mm-hmm. we had a title change that was gonna happen in the first minute of the match. If you go, like you know it. But if listeners go back, you're gonna see. I don't know what erupted in the crowd, but for for just a split, who knows? We all believed it's lights out for Blake. This was it. And it's so weird, but it, I don't know why, but we just all felt it. And we were like, that's this. This is time. I don't even know why, dude. Everybody just caught on like it's time. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, that's another cool thing about with these. We've been enjoying these one matches get run in and turn into another match right away with no hesitation yeah yes. and the excitement was there and the, the unpredictability for i think the crowd was there and having chris come out for that and like i think he had like the cutter or his finisher right away i was like oh my like i had watched it i'm like there's no way but what if like what if chris bay does win but i i love the crowd getting that into it because like i said mm-hmm. it made me in my mind what if but I didn't think it was going to happen, but so cool because that's how you want the crowd to react. Even though like you got people like me, there's no fucking way it's going to happen, but you don't want to, you don't want them to act like how I'm acting like, Oh, nothing. Like you want the fans to act like how they acted there. And it was awesome. And that I will praise the booking best booking of the night. Right. Well, other than I think Vance Warner and Gringo, that match just in itself booking that match was awesome. 
I think the way they played up this plate Christian Chris Bay match was mm-hmm. perfect booking in my ass. This is the one positive I'll say on the booking. I, I will give my negatives, but this is one where I enjoyed that flow of the one match turning into another. And like, as you said, the holy shit, is this really going to happen kind of moment? And the crowd bought into it and that's what you want. And that is great booking there to get the fans to buy into something that if you honestly think about it, there's no shot that's going to happen. But I say that and I will, I thought there was no shot either that some people would lose later and boy, was I wrong. So uh, good on them though. Good, good, good flow match pace there. So when we're driving home on the end of every night on these shows, we kind of like to talk about what we remembered and this and that, right? And my son said he liked how all this chaos erupted after a match and it blew right into the next match. And I go, son, if you would just listen to the podcast more, you've known that we were screaming about how we like these matches to organically just flow into the other one. And this has been a thing lately we've seen on every show, and it's been so much fun. And he said it was rowdy is what he called it. He said that it felt rowdy, that like there's a fucking fight going down. And we like, like, dude, the temperature in the place went up when he came out and nobody knew why. It just felt like something real was about to go down. Like it was so crazy. I don't know if it was the way Bay, Bay came to the ring. I don't know, but he we all came it. in like money in the bank with the referee. Like, hey, come on, let's go. Now's our time. Yeah, my match yes. right now. That's going to happen right now. Like, yeah, I uh, he did it right. Something. Yeah, it was I, I was going to say something I forgot, but it was it was perfect. It was perfectly booked in the pacing. Like, oh, that's where it was. If they if they would have ended that match, you know, cleaned up the ring, gave those two minutes, did the intros that match, I, I in my opinion, I think would have felt flat as shit. Yep. There's no reason to root for, or I mean, there's plenty of reason to root for Chris well, Bay to win the belt. But it, wouldn't no... have, it wouldn't have fallen flat, but it definitely would not have. The energy no. level would have yep. been 10% to 15% of what it was. I think, yeah, I think it's it way more because I, no, you're good. I think, I, I think it would have been way more just because the crowd was so hot in that moment, already mad at Blake that, hey, let's finish this fucking job off now. Where, hey, if Blake was in there and got to talk and then Chris Bay came out, I think the, the energy level would have been down and it would have been super hard to get it back up. But that match, the Chris Bay versus Blake Christian, which is our next match we're kind of going over right now, I, the energy was hot that whole match. Like, that was cool to see that the crowd stayed that hot for something that I think unrealistically was going to happen, but they realistically with the booking and match pacing was perfect. And I think that's why it helped out this match a lot. All right. So yeah, this, by the way, if anybody hasn't watched this shit all went down before the bell rang. Mm -hmm. So, so the bell finally rings and the fight goes directly outside for the opening minute, both to me, just that they did seem very equal. That's the one thing I did like about this height, weight, um abilities physicality it's all right there both have an incredible arsenal of moves to work with the fans were heavily booing live and i was hoping that it picked up well on the recording it did good good um the chance of blake going into the match wounded actually excited the fans and gave them the hope of a new champion there were quite a few impressive chain wrestling spots i won't go too much into those you actually have to see them to believe them a couple spots i have blake with a beautiful springboard 450 from the top rope and i also have one with blake taking a belt from a fan but fails to do anything with it i don't know if anybody really seen anything with that um 
I'll just kind of go into the ending because this is one that you kind of want to see more than you just want to because really the the fans kind of make this one for at least the first half of the match. But Blake grabs a chair and Sabu's it into Bay's head. Blake turns around, does the double foot, the foot stomp and covers for three. And again, I stick by it. That fucking foot stomp is so believable. The fans are booing before the three. They know it's lights out. I Okay, I'm going to stop talking about it after this episode, but I'm going to tell you there's unless you're up on the food chain in wrestling, generally your your finisher isn't believed like that anymore. That's the old DDT days. Like if, you know, if a DDT was fucking hit, they're like, oh, my God, he's done. But like now Blake actually has something that when he hits it, people know that's lights out. He's got he's got the finisher every fan or every wrestler wish they had when it One was done. It's fucking over. Yes. That, yep, I love. I miss the one hitter quitter finishes too. Like, I go like I kind of go off the clout cutter. Like, hey, because a lot of people are using the clout cutter now. It's like, okay, how many? I know it's not going to win after the one. Is it going to do two or three? And that's why I like about Jordan. Maybe I don't know if he noticed it too, but switching up each now move and finishing off now with the acid bomb. It seems like I really enjoy how he's switching it up. But Blake, Blake's stomp is yeah, it's, he hits it once, and I can't wait. Whoever kicks out of it better do it out of one count, and the crowd better fucking erupt. Like I. I can't wait for that pop because that's going to be a good one. And I think that'd be perfect. Like uh, Mance Warner or something like that to kind of be the one to do that. Um, I like this match. I want to see more Chris Bay too. I know it's hard with the impact, uh, the impact schedule and stuff like that, but he is one talent. I would love to see a lot more on GCW because yeah, stylistically him and Blake was awesome. Like this yeah. matchup in the ring was very good match, very back and forth and a lot of, different cool movesets that each one do, does that like not not a lot of people are doing and i that's one thing i've always appreciated with uh, chris bay i've always been a big fan of his for since i first kind of saw him out here in vegas well blake won this match if fans were not happy especially the part where blake made Ch- uh ref chad rico put the belt on him that ended up being <laughs> huge fuck you Ch- yeah i know that he still that messed stupid. it up and carried it out <laughs> Get it together, Chad. Come on, man. Yeah, it was funny. I like that part. That's such a good heel move. Like, uh, remember when our Vegas shows, Jared Diaz, whenever he mm-hmm. was the one with the, the necklace or the big thing and made the referee take it off, like everything off of him? Like, that's yeah. such a good heel move. I love that move. So, yeah, that was, uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to really say about that one, honestly. I can say one thing, and that's that when Chris Bade does something, he has this penchant to make it look good, whatever it is. He'll make a stunner look fantastic. He'll twist his body eight different times in the in midair. Right. But my God, does he make it look good? And his last three appearances in GCW, the one out here in Vegas, that one uh, that you were at just now, and then like he had one earlier at the UCC Center this year, like have been the biggest pops I've heard Chris Bay get almost anywhere I've seen him go. And it's so cool to see him get it, especially out here in Vegas and on the West Coast, because that's where he kind of is from and wrestles out of. But he does. I think he deserves a little bit more time in GCW. I would like to see him kind of get some more pretty cool matches because there's a lot of fun matches they could do with him. And once again, another one of the Las Vegas locals, baby. Yep. Here we are again. And he just actually moved permanently back to Vegas. I guess he was out and about for a while. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> uh, the wife was telling me, but see what I'm saying? We're like, yeah. the light thing. <laughs> yeah, he was telling her about it. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah, he had a killer schedule. I guess he fucking rolled into town at like 6 or 7 a.m. And then turned around, put his stuff down, grabbed his gear, and then rolled out to L.A. and showed up like two or three hours before the show. 
Oh my then God. he's going to turn around and went home that night. I'm wow. like, dude, wrestlers, wrestler's life. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you but... think you can be jealous, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that one day, like what I've seen. I'll tell you right now, like from a fan's perspective, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I don't know if I have it written down here. Maybe at some point I will get to it. But, dude, they're constantly living on naps. There is no deep sleep for them unless they're so exhausted they can sleep through pain. It's constant pain. It's constant soreness. There's always something hurting. Like, yeah, that might be another story for another day, or maybe it's in my writing down here because I could, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a rough life, and people I don't think really realize it's not as glamorous as they they think it is. Just like backstage, dude, it's not as glamorous. You, you <laughs> right? Yeah. Places, <laughs> it's not very glamorous. If you've ever been to a high school gym locker room. Those there are nice. you go. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, they can be nicer. They can be a lot nicer. It beats the alley. Yeah. So. All right. Our next matchup of the evening is a tag match as the rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley go against Joey Janela and Sawyer Wreck. I okay, will have okay, stuff to okay. say at the end. I was getting ready to ask you, do you. Okay, everybody, you're going to know by the end of this thing why I asked him. Does he want to start in the beginning or would he like to start what he says in the end? So I'll go through my rundown and I'm going to give you the floor, my man. You deserve to say anything you need to say. And I think you have quite a few good points that I think you need to get off your chest. Um, all right. So the rejects were out first. Murdoch was having a great time with the crowd. We had Reed by God Bentley. I believe he's someone I'm looking forward to seeing more of. I think he has a uh, I think he's good looking and he has great athleticism. I'm looking forward to seeing more of his personality. So I knew I know more of who he is. Uh, personally, he's a very nice guy. I enjoyed talking to him. Well spoken, very kind. Um, I have nothing but nice things to say about him 100%. He makes me smile. The one thing I will say, Reed, if you're listening, I'm 100% sorry. I forgot to buy something from you. Next time I see you, sir, I do want to get something. Um, Joey and Sawyer were out next. They look ready to fight. Fans are very happy to see them. Sawyer was completely soaking up the love. The fight happened and erupted outside almost instantly i'll pick a spot here to share where joey had an atomico that cleared out an entire area the doors and chairs were out early both teams were launching each other deep into several rows of chairs everybody was getting a front row seat in the audience the rejects use a fan wendy as a weapon on joey this brings incredible chance out from the crowd the action basically in the first seven minutes of this was wild. Poor Sawyer had a malfunction in her outfit and it sidelined her for a few moments. Honestly, I'm going to tell you, she I think she learned from that because she only had like one thing. I don't know if it's Velcro or something holding together, but I bet you after that night, she learned to maybe secure it with a pin just in case it comes loose or something because that's embarrassing and I feel bad for the lady. Wanted to mention that. Um, the rejects they have some good team moves they have some good chemistry i'm happy to see that i'm hoping to see more i know they were a tag team i just haven't seen enough of them yet murdoch was bleeding good of course that was the handshake so you know how it goes i love okay i'm just saying that for fun i love murdoch and i love blood so i have to say it dude's a bleeder just like the moxley Moxley. vibe (laughs) yeah i love it but but see but see the the joking for everybody i'm like i love blood the more the better um and moxley has a good point um in a real fight there's bleeding 
yeah, that's mean, realism. sometimes yep. profusely bleeding. I mean, you pop, a kid gets popped in the nose. Sometimes it's draining. So you never know. Uh, Joey and Sawyer had a superplex on Murdoch that was put onto Bentley and then through a door bridge, which brought on holy shit chance. Bentley with a huge spot that had Sawyer fall perfectly on her head without injury. I uh, fans that was brutal. That, was, <laughs> that one was brutal. <laughs> it was I loved your selling. Yeah. I loved her selling afterwards. She just yes. like took it and just like laid out there like that. Like it was perfect. Her body the way her body just contorted into that was perfect. Oh. I loved her selling on that one, but it did look pretty brutal. And I'm going to mention it because I did hear this on the recording. The crowd is loud and it did sound good. Uh, The rejects with a brain buster through a door. They go for a cover and it's broken up with Joey's double foot stomps. And I'll go straight to the ending here. The rejects with a spike tombstone pile driver for two. And then they put Janela through the two chairs for three. So our winner in this one is the rejects. Um, The only thing I'll mention here was the rejects weren't playing super asshole heels tonight and everything I seen of Bentley was good. I cannot wait to see more. And same thing. I just want to see some more personality. Uh, I feel like he has that capability to be more than just a guy who comes out and punches and kicks and bleeds. Why? Okay. Okay. I give you the floor, sir. Oh my God. This was a good match. I, I liked all the violence and the craziness. That was good. I loved it. Why on earth is the rejects beating Sawyer and Joey a week before homecoming when they are in one of the bigger storyline matchups of the weekend and it's a double fucking collar dog collar match? Why is John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley picking up this victory? That's my question. Like, John Wayne Murdoch has a match that just got thrown together, I think, or was announced, or maybe I just missed it because I had my alerts off for a while. Mm-hmm. But he does have a match for the King of Freedoms title um, against their cha- Oh, no. Is Harada's hurt, isn't he? Yeah, Harada got wrong. hurt. Actually, I, I'm actually about to say, actually, I think that could be wrong. This, uh, match yeah, I have the match. I have the match. Oh, Segura, Segura. Okay. Oh, so Segura must be the new champion. King of Freedom World Title. So at some point, Segura must have took the belt off of Harada. In it Freedom was the style. match. That was the match. So he got injured during the match. Okay. Toru finished the match. It was kind of where I think they knew it was going to be. Maybe they just yeah semi permanent injury, and they're like, call on the spot. That's good. Yes. Smart. Yes. Okay. So okay, that makes sense. Okay. But I do I, like I, Toru, man. I okay, love I'm Toru. sorry. I'm getting off. No, sorry, no, no, I'm getting no. off of the subject. No, I love Toro. That's going to be a good match. Toro versus Tom Murdoch should be a fucking awesome death match. I actually can't wait for that one. And I'm glad Segura's getting that match because I we've loved Segura. Um, I've loved Segura. I know at least. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a we. He yeah. has great facial expressions. That's what I remember about him. Oh, I love him. I love he's just down to do whatever the fuck he wants, like whatever's required of him to. But uh, zero, zero, zero sense in having the rejects win. They're not on the card, like other than John Wayne Murdoch, and then that's it. They haven't been a in GCW as of late until until recently, as of late. These last what three or four cards, maybe they've had their matches because they're back together. But ultimately, yeah. it says as a team, we haven't seen them in a while in GCW, like consistently. I okay, here we go. This year they've gotten one. This year alone, one, two, three, four, five. Six matches counting the Mexico show. They've had six matches this year as a okay. tag team. But they're not in a predominant spot on this card. And this is the card that is 
he's flat out kind of said this is like their WrestleMania, other than collective, this is their WrestleMania weekend. So booking wise, and I don't why would you give Sawyer and Joyer so so oh my god, Sawyer and uh-huh. Joey a loss, Joyer Red. Yeah, remember Joyer 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 Red Joyer or uh Joey, what what was the other one? Joey Reckon Company or some shit. Like that. <laughs> uh the no, the Janella Reckon Company was yeah. what I had. <laughs> Janella Reckon Crew. <laughs> yeah, oh that's right, the Janella Reckon Crew, because then if we added another member, that could yeah. be the Ann crew. It was like a double entendre. Dude, why nobody picked up that name? <laughs> anyway so um, that's my big thing like there's zero yeah. reason you cannot this one uh, the, uh my bigger one's coming up later so this is kind of just the start of it but there's no reason <laughs> joy sawyer and joey should take this loss going into like the big one of the biggest matchups of the weekend that makes them look fucking weak there's like the rejects are kind like yes they are a tag team but they're not on programming all the time and they don't have anything special coming up, so they don't need this fucking win or push. So right. why are we burying getting it like not like that kind of like I hope Charles and Mason or Charles Mason and Perro win this match just because like this doesn't make any fucking sense. But here's what I will say: it made sense. And this okay. is what I was talking about at the beginning. Dave Prezak said at the beginning of this match: I hope Sawyer and Joey are, do not overlook the rejects because they are a tough tag team, tough opponents. And they they hope they don't look past them going into their match. That fucking makes sense. I love that. Cool. But actually having them win does not make any sense at all to me. I I don't I don't know why you're making those two lose going into one of your biggest. But you just killed momentum. I I don't know. Like that's where I was like, what what is going on? Why are we doing this? And then it just gets worse later on in the card as we get to the Jacob Batu Effie match. That one I'm gonna go completely off the rails on because that one <laughs> makes zero fucking sense compared to this one and um like so this is where i started like why is what is the booking sense there going into that one right because because in your mind what you're saying is leading up to a pay-per-view let's just say or a major show if you are wanting to sell tickets the one thing you want to do is take one of the teams that are on the show especially the faces and do one of two things either book them against someone and make them look strong with the win before they go into the thing because more people will probably buy tickets to that or number two the opponents that are going to be in the pay-per-view the match before that will beat up the faces so that there's revenge at the pay-per-view now you may or may not agree with me there, B. I'm not no, sure. If, but if I've seen so- where John Cena gets the shit kicked out of him. And then at the main event of WrestleMania, John Cena prevails over his. So so I, I get what you're saying here. And I agree with you that chances are because some nights it's only a show, right? Well, then if it's only a show tonight, they probably should have put over Sawyer and Janela. So that, again, it would so make who cares the show if they rejects lost. Well, who wants to watch, watch the losers? Yeah, and like, and th- it was good, clean. Yeah. Like, if Mason and Para would have came out and caused some sort of distraction, interference, played the music even, and, and they don't come out, and that distracted them for a roll-up pin, I'm fine with that. That makes fucking sense. You yeah. just had Sawyer and Joey lose clean to a team that we might not see team again for a month, two months. When we, like, I don't know, like. For so, something that you're not building with, like you're building something with Joey and Sawyer, keep building it. They just yeah. took half the foundation away. Going into the hey, like the release of the house is coming up, but we just took half the foundation away from you guys. So good luck trying to get that momentum before the house is fully built here on Homecoming to get the fans into the house. Hmm. Hmm. 
I see what you're saying. That's how I just look at it. Like that one makes like only thing that made sense was Prazak saying that shit at the beginning that they overlooked. Other than so, that, with with no interference and a clean loss to a team that is a established team, have been established for a while, but aren't really a quote unquote GCW team because we don't see Reed as often as we see John Wayne Murdoch. Like makes zero fucking sense to me. Huh. I don't know. Okay, that's that's okay. just like lost. So like, so completely. I'm thinking maybe let let's just try to make it something right. <laughs> let's just say Prazak said that because they're trying to build the team of Murdoch. You know, and Bentley. Well, if that's the case, build then it after I would homecoming. Say, right, that's one part. Or yeah. do it as a run-in during homecoming as a you know a total asshole move. Um, but if they're going to build him up, then Murdoch probably should have played more of a heel. Where exactly. He was actually that... kind of having fun, and I get that. I actually, first of all, Murdoch is a nice motherfucker who has this incredible way of dealing with pain. <laughs> okay, no lie. I will tell you, he is a completely different generation from a lot of the normal wrestlers now. He has a different personality. He has a different mindset. I like it and I appreciate it. He has more of an old school mindset about him. Of He's an old school wrestler, I guess. So now, now things are a little more like, oh, he he ha ha. And I have to do this and I have to make, you know, funny jokes and be a dork. He doesn't cut. He doesn't do that shit. And. I appreciate that. Someone has to be serious. <laughs> so I also enjoy him too. I got you. I got you. Not serious about, but no, like he's is putting on Cyclopes right now. Headphones. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, but it, like because it. it's just like, oh, like that's so not you. You're trying to fit, but like it's perfect. It, it, he does it perfectly. Like this, like this is not a knock on John Wimberg or Reed Bentley at fucking. Well, all. they didn't book it. They didn't book it exactly. This is not that. Like if, the action was fantastic. Like you said, the yeah. Booking every is where your issue is. Yeah, L.A. was a fantastic show. I loved it. I even tweeted out, I think, felt like a old school GCW L.A. show. And I fucking loved it. And I loved all the action. But the winners and losers, this being really my first one, I started to kind of lose my shit on because it made zero sense to me. Like I said, nothing on Reed or John Wayne Murdoch. I love them. If they are going to heat them up, cool. Do it after homecoming. You're building towards homecoming. Like you just took away what momentum they had going into homecoming, I, I feel like. Not all of it, a little, little of it. But this is where it becomes, is this just a show? Are we just putting on shows and then, like, we're just hoping people show up? Are we building towards something? If we're building towards something, why are we knocking it away? Like, I miss the build and chase. That is what gets me gotcha, invested, in, gotcha. in, invested in wrestling. I want to see how this person gets to where they're going. I want to see the journey. I want to see it happen. I don't want to see... Just, hey, we're, yeah, this person got a big match next week. But guess what? They're going to lose this week to some people that you're not going to see team again for a while. So mm -hmm. good luck getting invested into that show. Like, it just made zero sense to me. And then, like I said, the FU fought too. It's even fucking way worse and <laughs> all that stuff. Like, at least this, some, like, Prazak made this made a little sense to me. But it still ultimately doesn't because it's a clean fucking loss to, as you said, you're faces going into one of the biggest shows with one of the biggest match matchups of that night and they look weaker than no, you would want tons weaker now. well well then the fans would want to i'm guessing booking is i want them to look like this again i'm with you there um in this situation let's let's book it like this joey and sawyer go over in this match and the rejects are mad and they enter in and interfere at homecoming night which launches watch which launches the rejects, Joey Janela, Sawyer Wreck, uh, you know, theater for how long that's going to go on. That's the way I do that. Great booking. 
Yes, that makes sense. Was, I mean, that, that's if, all, that's, like, it's if simple that's like plan. that. Yeah. If if that's the plan, so that's let's the go word. This way. Your plan. That, that plan word is the the big one. Sorry to cut you off. That plan word is no. the big one. It seems like there is no fucking plan. It seems like there was one, but then oh, like they forgot about it. Like I don't like the the plan somewhere somewhere in the middle. That plan got forgotten on or tossed out the window because that doesn't make any sense to me. The planning doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that out. So. I'm just going to follow with what's going on. And again, let's not lie. Sometimes it's just a match. Maybe they're just trying to do some kind of a blow off, but honestly, I mean, not a blow off, but they're trying to do an, an easy match to take care of themselves. Well, you wouldn't do it for 14 and a half minutes. Cause that's what this match was the 14 and a half minute match. So this is one of the longer ones on the card. Well fought hard fought. Like I said, I'm seeing more of Bentley. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to watch the next two or three shows to see why this was written as such. Um, sometimes we know in GCW, sometimes we're getting something like Masha and Blake where it's going over months. And then South sometimes Pacific we Savages get a... And Starboy Charlie, that took a yeah. fucking year with three matches in between. But also we get sometimes frayed knots where we're like, oh, shit, this looks fantastic. Look at that knot. And then we get to the end of the rope and there's like eight things that just broke off, but there's no rope left. So I'm hoping to see more out of this because, yeah, we've we've had some things just kind of stop in their in their tracks. So uh-huh. I think the long term build is for the rejects to be in the place where um, the bastards, the mega bastards were going to be. I I'm believe all for that's that. what this is. And I believe all this is that. possibly a run-up to a better story down the road. And I think we're just getting introduced to Reed Bentley. And again, my recommendation is I hope that through time he shows more of his personality so we have more to hold on to. Maybe he needs to steal Cyclope's headphones before Murdoch does. Little things like <laughs> that, maybe. Because again, that's how Cyclope stood out from Los Macisos is just those little things showing personality. Bro, show your personality because I feel like everything else he has, he just needs to bring that next part out. So I'm looking forward to that though. Like I said, absolutely nice guy. He had a lot of nice things to say. So. I'm happy to see the rejects back, especially if it's going to get them into a little bit more of the deathmatch stuff because those two are pretty fun deathmatch wrestlers, especially as a tag team. I think them and Los yeah. Macisos, they could do that. You, that was a perfect call. But, the rejects could do exactly what the mega bastards did just without the name, maybe the name value of Alex Cologne right now, but that doesn't say that we read Bentley can't get up to that level. Can't show out given the opportunities to get there. I just think, I honestly think they could do a lot of good matches just like the mega bastards did. I, I, um, I just haven't seen enough yet to pull a full, you know what I mean? Like a full yeah. report on, but, uh, I have a feeling this is a mega bastard situation and I'm looking forward to see who he develops into as one half of the team. I feel like we know who Murdoch is and what we're going to get from Murdoch. So I'm just hoping and, that his other half is right there with him. And see another little thing why I'm kind of irritated with this book is now let's say Mason and Peril lose. Like oh. you just lost and they like the rejects just beat them up and warmed you up, warmed them up, beat them down for you. And like they come into your match and you're fresh and date fresh as daisies and you can't beat them after what the rejects did. Now that's going to yeah, make Pero and yeah. Mason look worse. Like it's well, a, or let's, Sawyer let's, and Sawyer lose again. <laughs> then what's going to happen? Like why are we booking them at two losses? Like are they going to break like break up as a tag team and fight each other? Then 
that will be a saving grace on this bookie. Let's say, hey, Sawyer and Joey lose and kind of have a little misstep, and then they kind of get mad at each other and break up after this match at homecoming. Makes this booking will go back and make sense. And on that podcast, I will come back here for another 20 minutes and say, great booking on the rejects and Sawyer and Joey and breaking them up. Good little tease here on LA to tease the breakup for homecoming. Or like even if Sawyer and Joey kind of even had a little back and forth of, hey, like we've seen Jordan and Nick have a couple different times of Jordan being yeah. upset that they lost and kind of throwing like, hey, is he going to get bad at Nick for this or what? So unless that happens, I don't. And then you said, unless I give another four shows or whatever to see what happens with it, I just don't think that it should have to go that long for me to get something to happen this for something that happened this one this week going into the biggest show of your year. I, I just didn't understand it at all. And hence why I just went off. And nothing against the wrestlers. That's the nice part the whole time. And nothing against Freddie. I, just, I don't job. agree with this Brookie. That's all. Like it's his yeah, toy. Oh, he okay. can book whatever that he wants. This is my like this is my opinion. He could do whatever the fuck he wants, and I'm for it. And this is the one thing out of like the last few bookings he's done where like we've talked ninety nine percent greatness of what Brett and Jesus exactly. and all them doing. This is the one percent I just don't agree with and you fine. never say you never say anything. You never I don't ever go. To, this yeah. podcast is going to be the, probably the most negative one, but it's coming from a good place in my heart where I've watched wrestling for thirty six years of my life. Where what this booking would ne- like? Why? What? What? Like two plus two yeah, always yeah. equals four. You just did two plus two equals three. That might equal five in a couple of weeks. What? Like what's going on here? Yeah. And and like I said, this is my opinion, but this will probably be like especially when we go Jacob Fatu and Effie. That's going, to be, that's going to be worse than what it was just now. But even it's just my opinion. I still will watch GCW, still will support, still want everyone else to. I'm not shitting on the product. Right. From a booking perce- perspective, this makes zero sense to me. And I think you did a really good reason of, hey, not just say, don't shit on it. Here, let's come up with a solution. And you came up with a great yes. one. And then I, at the end, if this comes out later where they Sawyer and Joey fight at homecoming and that leads to a feud and the rejects kind of get to sit back and ha ha ha, look at where we started. Perfect sense. I will come back and accept all the booking. But at this moment, I what 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 is that in my eyes? Right. Well, okay. So another thought I was I was gonna say was maybe there's so much fuckery that they end up throwing the rejects in that match at homecoming. But I mean it makes sense. We've seen it. Hey, like if this was a title match, like and then I would say, hey, the challengers just lost to some mm-hmm. other random team. Like yes, uh, they're now. the new challengers. You're both are yeah, that would make sense too. That's another way they could save this, and I'll eat crow and <laughs> apologize next episode. But as of right now, what is going uh, on? It's all it's all good. You know how yeah. it is. I still watch it well, because I super into it. <laughs> dude, I just you know what? These guys do a thousand things and you disagree with one. Yep. That's not exactly too fucking bad. Yeah, and it's I disagree. It's not like, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. No, it's your fucking company. No matter what you do, you're going to be right. I'm going to be wrong if I disagree because it's your company, not mine. I'm just giving my opinion as a fan of your company. Of that's something wrestling wise that I've grew up on that made zero sense. Right, and then what you're doing basically is you're scrubbing your philosophy up against the booking. You know, you're booking, yeah, and they got different against- philosophy too. Yes, every company so has different philosophy. Yeah. Beyond wrestling, has the, their whole thing going on now with that shit and all these other like every company's <laughs> doing different shit. And that's oh, another conversation with that we can shit, have. That yeah. would be a while. I don't know if you've been paying attention to that. What's that with what wrestling? IWTV and uh, and like Alec Price in the TV, the IWTV Championship. What's like going Beyond's on like, there? Oh, if anybody wants it, 
yeah, if anybody wants that belt, you could come to our company and come out here. We're not going to send Alec to defend it out there. And like, right, like, right. like it, it's just bad. It's just the person's kind of talking a little bit more than they should for representing that company, I think. And I, I think a lot of fans have a lot of good points. And a lot of fans also don't have good points because we're kind of blaming and yelling at the wrong people. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on. That was a talk yesterday I kind of saw going around with the Alex Rice Championship. I saw Alex say something about, yo, I don't like people telling me I'm doing this and doing that. And mm-hmm. I good for him, but it also sounds like he inherited a problem, which is a pain yeah. in the ass for one of your first runs. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't have yeah. that extra dramatic bullshit in the middle of it. It should be nothing but sleeping at night going, you know what? I'm the champion. Fucking right. I did it. You know, none of that. Oh, my God. What if I have to go here to da da da? Fuck that. Yep. Anyway, (laughs) all right, for our fifth matchup of the evening, it was Leon Slater going against Jack Cartwheel. This is one talent I kind of had, I really wish I would have gone to see because I didn't really get to meet him uh, at all during Collective Weekend because he wasn't. (laughs) Was he booked out here? I can't remember if he was booked for one. No, it was Darice. Darice was booked in Meyer Reed. Leon Slater's one I do want to go out of my way, talk to. just say how much we love him on talk about him on the podcast as uh, he is talented. So this was one match I was kind of looking forward to watching. And once again, another incredible in-ring work. And the one thing I took from this was the story lot stories told during the match of the ankle with Leon Slater and even Jack Cartwheel praying up to the gods later on when his ankle gave out. Uh, I loved it. I loved this match. And this was good, uh, good one-on-one match for Leon Slater in the States. Yeah, the whole thing was fun as hell. Um, I did have a chance to talk to Leon. I told him, look, if you haven't already, if you don't already know, our podcast has been putting you over since the first time we've seen you. Um, I went back and looked. I believe it was October 6th of 2022. So we've been yelling about him for 10 months before anybody had a chance to really see or say too much. So, yeah, I made sure everybody knew, hey, we're we're on top of some of this stuff out there. We're yelling about people that you're going to be hearing about a lot more six months, a year from now. So, yeah, it was really satisfying to see people go from, okay, I think I've heard of him. Who is he? To, oh, hell yeah, it's Leon. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be a regular. Yeah, you know what? I'm not against that. And same thing, I can tell you personally, that's what he wants to do. He wants to be in the States more. He wants to work here. Uh, he wants to be in GCW a whole bunch. So fingers crossed he gets there. But yeah, Leon was out first. You just really couldn't. You could tell hardly anyone knows who he is by the walkout yet. They don't know him yet. Jack was out with a cowboy hat that lights up on the bottom. I honestly want one. Cartwheel needs to sell those. Or SGC. Manders selling that. <laughs> Fuck, dude, why is Manders not selling those? He's got to find a way to make those or something. But there's good money to be made there. I, I love that thing. Um, I was expecting a fire match. Both are amazing athletically. We even had both these guys chance from the crowd the crowd is finally starting to understand Leon, and that was the first indicator when you heard both these guys. Uh, Leon gained heat by doing um, his own little set of cartwheels, pissing off Jack a little. It was fast-paced, as expected. Nice mix of styles. Leon's 18. I think Jack is 19. Don't quote me there. I don't believe he's able to get a drink yet, or buy a drink yet. I do don't think? know on that one. I, I 
I think he's a little bit older. I'm not. I'm not really? sure. I think. I mean, he was just playing college football like a year ago. So. Oh no shit! So he might be yeah. 21, 22. I I'm thinking yeah, a little, little late. Not too, not too far off from that though. Is what I'm, what I'm thinking. You think 21's a safe number, give or take two years? Yeah. 22, give or take. I, my, my one I was thinking was 22. Um, hold on, I just pulled it up. Of course, my computer screen. <laughs> it's okay. Um. While you do that, I'll just go ahead and keep rolling here. Uh, Leon had a fake shoulder injury that he sold exceptionally well. And uh, he also had a great knee injury. Yeah, it was a knee injury that he was selling. There's a nice spot where cart, uh, Cartwheel had the Sasuke special to the outside of the ring. I love Leon's facial expressions. He loves to use those quite a bit. I just wanted to mention it because it's noticeable. There was a nice spot where Leon's leg gives out to the on the uh, top turnbuckle, and you can see Cartwheel drop to his knees and start praying, which was I loved hilarious. And then I'll go to the ending. There was a neck breaker and up to the top rope, and he hits a swanton with a 450 combo on Jack Cartwheel. Our winner here was Leon Slater. At the end of this, both shake hands. Jack was cheered all the way out. Leon walks out getting way more cheers and respect than when he walked in. So that was the point. And I think the fans were sold on who Leon Slater was after that match. And I think this was a good match for him to go against Jack Cartwheel stylistically. That's a good one. And especially coming up here, um, uh, isn't he going against Alec Price, right? Uh, uh, yes, that's uh, that's the match I'm looking yeah. forward to. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Um, I cannot find Jack Cartwheel's age on five different websites. So Yeah, I think they hide it. He's probably 64, 65. <laughs> Just guessing. Um, yeah, Leon Slater-Rosalek is one match I am looking forward to on... Uh, Homecoming weekend, but this one against Jack Cartwheel was pretty cool. When Jack does that, also the slingshot inside into the elbow, you know how he kind of mm -hmm. does that. But this time, like he got caught, but like he held his own like body up in the air for like I'd say maybe three seconds on that top rope while Leon kicked him. <laughs> like I thought that was pretty impressive and shocking to see. Dude, everything in this match was just you could tell Jack was just a touch off at times, and that's fine. But yeah, just everything in this match was exactly what I was looking to see. And I'm hoping maybe these two meet up again. There's there's a whole j jump of young talent right now that's in GCW that there's there's some dream matches that I hope kind of get put together soon. Yeah, Leon and Leon would be on a, quite a few of them. Uh, I think last year's homecoming, I think he went against Nick Wayne, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought we were like, that's a match we wanted to see in UK, but they made it for homecoming. Yeah. That's um, that's ooh. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that I think this was a good one. I'm glad to finally see Leon on the West Coast. Home. Hopefully, I'll be able to make it down next time if he does show up on the West Coast because he's one talent I do want to see uh, in person. Because I saw him one time and that was enough for me to become a giant fan. You've got this, dude. You're gonna make the next one. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, who do you go against? No, he went. Oh, it was New Year's against uh, Tony Deppin. That's who it was. That's mm -hmm. who I was thinking of. Yeah, New Year's Tony Deppin. All right, that will lead us into our sixth matchup of the evening. A match I want to see a lot more of. This is how GCW should be booked. Gringo motherfucking Loco against Mance motherfucking Warner, who both wanted bloodshed, both wanted it early, and both had an incredible violent match. This was I think I, t I, I know I tweeted out like this was what I missed out of GCW. This was two mainstays fighting 
jockeying for position of who's going to get the next title shot, hopefully, um, or start building their momentum up towards that. And it felt like they were fighting for who's, who's is it? Who's is GCWs? Is it Vance Warner's right now? Or is it Gringo? And I, I love this match. This was perfect violence, the storytelling in it, the facial reactions, the, the interactions that they had with each other. This was one of these matches that you want to show GCW fans if you're trying to get people into GCW because this was an incredible old school GCW matchup and I loved it and want to see a whole lot more of these kinds of matchups moving forward. Yeah, first note I have here, two veterans that should be contenders for the GCW championship. Mance was out first. Everybody's singing his song, Simple Man. It's kind of becoming a thing with the crowd. I hope it continues that way. I love the song. The only thing that's killing him the crowd can't get hype from it. That's the only, you know what I mean? That's the only thing I was thinking. Outside Fair of that, I, I mean, let's be honest, that was great sing along. I think maybe, you know, this is his style. I like it. I, I hear it and my wife hates it because as soon as I hear it, I spend the next five hours just walking around. Simple. Simple. <laughs> I'm singing it. I'm not singing it. She's like, really? Again, that and Tony Deppin's song. And if we haven't heard it in a while, so when I hear it probably this weekend, she's going to get oh, tired yeah. of uh, We Built the City this weekend. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that again. It's, it's I better fun. see hats fly as well. We need to see the hats fly. That was a great call on you. It was so good. I thought I stole the, and made up that idea. <laughs> Your idea. I fucking love that idea. It better happen. Finger, fingers crossed. It'd be cool if maybe GCW bought like 20 little like cheap hats and they're right? just like throw these bad boys in. Yeah, I've got like $5 hats. Um, Gringo Loco comes out as always looking cool. He's got his dance. He's got his vibe. Fans love him. Uh, very fast paced opening. Gringo was trying to outpace Mance, but he flattened out that playing field with several chair shots to Gringo's head. Then he eats a door to the face. Mance went out and started shopping early. Chairs and doors are flying in everywhere. He's actually tossing chairs over the top rope into the ring instead of just sliding them in. There were heavy gringo chants as local rallies back with a few stiff chair shots to Mancer's back. Mance is gushing blood from his forehead. He eats several shots from a leather belt. I was there live. They were some nasty shots, and they're pretty damn loud. Gringo grabbed a bunch of tools, screwdriver, and a wrench and cut Mance's forehead, making his head wound even worse than it already was. Mance comes back finally with a neck breaker on Gringo through a chair, and the chair was bent horribly. Mance grabs a screwdriver and starts cutting into Gringo's forehead, then licking the blood off the screwdriver. Um, you sick fuck is what we ended up hearing from the crowd. As you see, Mance gives the hard camera a very wild-eyed look. If you have a chance, check it out. Save that clip for a replay uh, one day if you can. Um, uh, Mance then grabbed the leather belt and beat Gringo with it. The door was propped up into the uh, corner. Mance went to put Gringo through the door and Loco caught him midair with a suplex through a chair. Now, both are on their knees exchanging punches and then both stand up and agree to fight with wrenches and screwdrivers, laughing at the crowd who was booing and cheering the wrench over the socket wrench, which was hilarious. They fought shortly. Nothing crazy really came between the two. Mance was then powerbombed through that door that was propped in the corner. Gringo misses a huge move, and Mance starts beating Gringo with a chunk of door, as you see it just basically bashing apart. Our ending here was pretty simple. We had three seats placed on the uh, – three three chairs placed on the mat there. They were all set up. 
Mance goes up. Gringo then ends up running up with him. Gringo hits a falcon arrow from the top rope onto the three chairs below. You can actually see where Mance was barely escaping his freaking spine falling directly on the backs of two of the chairs. Mance is a lucky man. Gringo covers for three. Our winner in this one is Gringo Loco. I felt this was a well-fought match, and yeah, I enjoyed that one a whole hell of a lot. Seems like that was the one online that everybody was talking about the most. So, yeah, what do you think about this one? Fucking loved it. This was 10 out of 10 in my eyes. I loved the violence. I just loved them just beating the shit out of each other, fighting for supremacy in GCW. And yeah, the, that neck breaker spot at first when Mance Warner did it to Gringo, like at first they kind of like kind of reset a little bit. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit. Cause they were going to land. He was going to land neck first onto the spine of the chair originally on that, uh, a swing and neck breaker from Mance to Gringo. But then when Gringo did it to Mance Warner on the Falcon Arrow, I was like, oh, that's payback for almost breaking his neck on the, the swing and neck breaker. But I found it weird, like the three chairs. I thought that'd be a lot worse than four chairs because you got half your body weight going one way and then your other half gets stuck on the chair. It was pretty brutal. And like I just said, I didn't even really notice it. But um, I would just went back and watched like the little clip of how close he was to him. And that was uh, <laughs> pretty close to landing right on those chairs. But Give me Mance versus Gringo. Give me two GCW local mainstays, regulars, fighting like this, like old school GCW. I love the feeling of this. The crowd looked like they loved it from what I saw on the screen and online reading about as well. Um, this I want to see a lot more of in GCW. That will lead us into our seventh matchup of the evening, as it is that scramble match that we were hoping for, and we got it as Jordan Oliver, Alec Price, Braden Toon. Okay, I want to mess this up. Was it Calibus or was it Cali? Calibus. Ah, yeah, Calibus. like Cali, like Bus. Cali, and then Bus. Yeah, Calibus. Okay. Calibus, Jimmy Lloyd, and Jordan Cruz for a scramble. <laughs> This was a good, exciting scramble. Um, Calibus was an interesting name. I would kind of like to see a little bit more of what he has to offer because I liked what short amount of spurts that we saw him in. I kind of like to see a little bit more. Braden Toon, I know that was kind of a big surprise probably for you to see him out there. Yes. And I, know, I was kind of shocked to see him, and I'm glad. I'm glad he's traveling to all these places with GC. He caught he caught on real fast of being like on these shows and then traveling with GCW. So that's good to see because he's actually been showing different his skill sets and stuff uh, throughout these matchups as well. But the one big thing for me was Jordan Oliver and Alec Price kind of having a little tea mm-hmm. here, like, especially at the beginning of the match. First of all, I love Jordan's. I know he's worn those pants before, but he's always wears like the white boots. I really like the black on the black and gold and how it looked on this night. Uh, I know it's a weird thing to notice, but I really noticed how his outfit looked a lot better this night. But when Alec Price before the match started stared at Jordan's waist and he looked at that JCW gold, I was like, right there, please give me some more of these matches. Have this be a feud. And I kind of think that might be where JCW is kind of heading, unless they do have Jordan lose to Griffin, which would kind of be a bummer. But if that leads to Jordan and Alec kind of feuding over the JCW title, I would want to see Jordan kind of keep it and have that feud play out because those two are tremendous up-and-comers that we always talk about that we think are the next breakout stars. They're not just GCW, but in wrestling in in general, I think. I want to see these two feud and like their interaction later on in the scramble where they had a little bit of time in the ring by themselves. I thought was a great tease. And Mm -hmm. I've talked about when they've wrestled in other companies before of how even those matches, you just feel like a tension between those two who's fighting, who's the Northeast beast or who's the East coast ace. Like they're fighting for the East coast. And it was nice to see that kind of feud bleed over out here into the West coast, especially during this scramble. 
and I enjoyed that part, and I hope it leads to something. All righty. So in the six-way scramble, our beloved, beloved Jimmy Lloyd was out first. I'll say this again. I need to see Jimmy in a singles match and really show us what he's capable of. It's been a while. I could use a nice uh, check on Jimmy just to see uh, what he's been up to in the last, uh, what, six months to a year since we've seen a real good serious match, out of, a serious singles match out of him. Jordan Cruz looks great. Still wondering how he's not in AEW at minimum with those looks. I loved watching him do the uh, shaking of the ring ropes like the Ultimate Warrior. Braden Toon was out next. LA has never seen him before. Just wait. He's fresh out of the uh, New South scene. He's been walking on clouds ever since. We saw him in New York. We've seen him all over the place. Amazing how he's kind of uh, caught wildfire. Also, I was telling... Uh, my group that was with me, I'm like, you see that guy right there? Like, I was going, hey, we need to, and hey, we need to, look where he's at. And they're like, what? And I'm like, he's here in L.A. I was shocked he showed up in New York, and I was even more shocked he showed up in L.A. Like like I said, that's he's caught on quick yeah. to travel, and that's cool. And I'm glad, because I, the little I have seen of him, and we get a little more, a little more each time, he is impressive as a, I would say a Haas, but like he kind of has a moveset not really like a Haas too. So he kind of could do a lot of different things. And that's why I like him because he's, he's versatile. Okay. So I'm not going to lie. I was laughing because my wife didn't have the name Kali bus because it wasn't on his gear anywhere. So she was referring to him as diamond ass. Uh, he's, he's missing a little flesh. Otherwise I feel he needs just more time and exposure with the GCW fans because there were quite a few spots there where I was really happy with him as a lucha performer the only thing i'll say is we've been so spoiled with commander and vikingo that when someone comes up who's just a damn good luchador they can get lost in the sea of the great luchadors that we have so i'm happy to see him up here i want to see him more he does have some moments where it looks like he really can shine fingers crossed he can continue to do so Price was getting follow, uh, Price, the cameras were following him around the ring again. It looks great when he does it. It's hype as fuck. The last match before he won his title at Wrestling Open was this match. Jordan was out next. Fans were very happy to see him. He gets in the ring. During the introduction from Emil, you can see Alec kind of get in the face of Jordan Oliver. My question, is there tension? I think there is. I think we're picking opposite sides for that match between you and I, because you're an Oliver person and I'm a, you know, definitely. Um, we're not going to go too far into it because we were kind of talking about it, but I'm wondering if Oliver's maybe just a little bit injured. So I'm not sure there. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about the scramble title, but of course we don't really have to worry about that right now. I don't know where that'll all go, but Overall, I felt like Jordan had a good aura about him, and it seemed to carry well live. It's something that I felt like he didn't have before, but he has more now. There is this invisible thing that I feel like you can get when you're really sure of yourself and confident. It kind of shows. It kind of seems like that's what he has right now. There's a good spot with Jordan Cruz. He uh, jumps over Tune, and it creates a German suplex chain reaction. Another spot where Oliver slaps Price in a figure four. Tune then puts Oliver in head scissors. Cruz puts Price into a Boston Crab, and Lloyd does a camel clutch on Tune. Emma was on commentary and mentioned that we should see the Price and Oliver matchup for years to come. He says they do have tension. Uh, playing the long game, there's a series coming up between these two. I just don't know how long it's going to be. And I really do appreciate when commentary has been given a little note like, hey, uh, we might be seeing these guys more to come down the road. 
Love hearing it. Kali Bus with an imploding 450 to the outside of the ring. Price with an awesome five knuckle shuffle on Oliver. Cruz delivered an awesome rock bottom to Lloyd. Oliver with a pedigree on Cruz. And you actually hear, I think it was Prazak say, You can't kick out of the pedigree. Price was in the corner. Fans are chanting one more time, one more time, as he's just trying to get out one more time because he's trash. I think the LA fans are slowly getting Price. But I'm just now noticing the GCW on the bottom of the screen looks so fucking cool. It's the bottom of the right hand. I know you're kind of like looking around now. Uh, the ending. Jordan did an awesome bomb on uh, Jimmy Lloyd for the win. So our winner here was Jordan Oliver. I can't really say much more than it felt like pretty much everybody was even in the spotlight. Yeah, I loved the the train of submission moves. I absolutely yeah. love that. And they did that in New York as well. But I also really loved the the old school finishers and shit. Like that was awesome. It was cool seeing Alec Price doing the five knuckle shuffle, being from like that Boston, Massachusetts area, uh, with with um John Cena. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, seeing the the pedigree and the rock, but I, I love that. I love the little cool call, little uh, cool little callbacks to the spots and moves uh, similar to that one. Those ones. So I I enjoyed this match. Uh, a lot, and I I must have missed that on commentary. Whoever said that with Jordan and Alec, because that that is something I think even like that. If Alec or if Jordan were to lose, I wouldn't even care because it's against Alec, and I love Alec as well. Jordan is my number one favorite, but like that's one of those matches. Like ah, I don't mind it; it makes sense. Like, yeah, I get yeah. it, and it possibly will lead to bigger things for Jordan. Hopefully, you would think progressively going from the JCW title to a, another title in GCW would be the natural progression. But once again, who knows? <laughs> and I'm just trying to make sure that that title stays on GCW TV. Otherwise, that JCW is going to slip in prominence and it's just going to be a JCW thing. And so many fans watch GCW, even fewer watch JCW. So I look at it that way. I'm really hoping that we don't have a title fall down. You know, so fingers crossed that that keeps getting defended. And like I said, I, I feel like Jordan may be a little, you know, under the weather or something maybe that's stopping him. But He's also a welcome, you know, scramble participant. I just want to see him put that on the line because then the the uh, the stakes in that scramble go way up. So here is one thing I totally forgot to mention. I'm glad you just did because my wife would have been mad at me. So my wife, not big into wrestling, the booking mm-hmm. too much. First thing out of her mouth when she saw Jordan Oliver in the scramble match. Why the fuck is Jordan in a scramble? Isn't he a singles champion? And this is somebody that doesn't really know wrestling like we do. Having the same issues that Mm -hmm. I kind of have as a singles champion, unless you're defending that in a scramble. Mm. Why is your champ? Like, you can't find, like, you couldn't have him go against, like, Jordan Cruz in a one-on-one match or any Mm. one of these, like, for the JCW title? Triple threat. Something, like... I, I just don't see why a singles champion is in a scramble and is not defending. But like that goes against everything mm-hmm. Brett says about the damn scramble championship. Like, oh, I don't want to book him into a thing. Well, you book a singles champion and yet you still put him in a scramble. So that goes against you. Oh, well, if I have a scrambles champion, I have to put him in every single scramble match. No, you fucking don't. Because obviously you're not doing it with your singles champion right now. Like, yeah, that's just mm. contradictory. Do you think enough, that? But- do you think that that JCW is turning into a scramble title? I hope not. I hope not. I hope the same thing you said. I hope it stays JCW. I hope they build it. I'm glad it's showing up on GCW programming. So that way, when this weekend comes up, there's going to be a cool JCW title match on the cool JCW shows because the JCW shows have been pretty good lately, like really good lately. So I would like to see them keep on 
growing that product. And maybe like Jordan might be, Jordan's like, I think the perfect name right now to start the legacy for that. But yes, I, I would like to see like, let's say an Alec Price or a Mace, like even lower names that have came up through JCW be those next champions where they're the champion of that company. They are the big dog, but they're starting to get their feet wet and try the GCW scrambles and try getting into GCW. So they're at least getting the JCW championship like momentum with getting it onto GCW programming. So like, that's also like a natural progression from JCW to GCW kind of thing. And if they're not, being used in gcw like when grim reefer sometimes not used he goes on to a jcw show like i'm all for that like i love yeah. the jcw stuff i really hope that it, the only current title i want to see turned into it which makes sense is extreme okay like i hope they just kept the same design of that belt but instead of extreme take that out and like put over top of it scramble and boom you got a cool looking belt that looked like the fans love and it has the history of it and now it's back in our faces, except now it's a scramble match. Like, that's where I would do. I wouldn't do the JCW title. Like, I think that would be pointless of even creating the title in the first place, of, of making it a scramble. Like, you should have just, they should have just made it a scramble, not done JCW. But I think the same way. Like, I, I agree with my wife. Like, why are you putting a singles champion in scramble? But as you said, he could be hurt. It'd be something they want to save him. Like maybe he is hurt and like, Hey, you got a big match coming up. We still want you out there. We still want this title mm -hmm. on our TV, but <laughs> Hey, scramble. You don't have to do 20 minutes of action. all by yourself. Just do it in spurts and be yeah. safe. So I'm just, I'm just thinking maybe injury because the last two times I've seen him, he's just been like, uh, and that's not him. Never him. I don't know. So I just let it be. Know nothing about it. Yeah. All right, that will lead us into our next match. Jacob Fatu, welcome back. Uh, welcome back. Glad to see him back. Fuck he, yes, welcome back. He fucking changes the feel of the venue. He walks in, the mood switches. It's a different show when he's there. He brings a lot to the show. Very, very happy to see him back in GCW. Hopefully a little bit more often and over a longer period of time. But he makes his return against everyone's favorite, Effie. Yeah. Once again. Once again Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Once again, I love this match. I love the 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 pacing of it, the action. Fatu's fucking just he demands like you to fucking pay attention and be scared of him. I love the intimidating factor that he presents. Fucking awesome, perfect for GCW. And this match with Effie was a very good match. I will probably be speaking at the end of this match, though, so I will let you take the floor because I know I have a lot to say at the end of this match. Sure. All right. So, all right. So I'll go with what I need to start with here first. It's the obvious. Effie is bulking up to me, in my personal opinion. It's for a title run. He went from roughly the 180s, 190s. He's sitting right now. I think he said at 228. He was built at 225 during the No Signal and the Hills 3 show. He's officially a heavyweight now, and I love it. We have another heavyweight at GCW. I fucking love it. It should be mentioned that he put the weight on cleanly. There's like no flab over the belt. He doesn't look like, oh my gosh, he's let himself get none of that. It looks like a man who's been taken in protein is fucking working himself. Uh, silly. It looks great. Good muscle definition. I could even see it from the back when he had his arms out. I mentioned it in one of my Twitter posts. Uh, he's the proper size for a world champion. Uh, my, my concern there was Blake was dwarfed by Moxley last time they met and that's something that can't be taken lightly we don't want to look small against the big boys and effie can at least 
well, again, 225 and six foot. How are you going to fight that? Uh, basically, just Effie's pop was huge. He's on his way out to the ring, and you can see him mouth. I'm a big fucking deal. Yes, I read some lips. So if you have a chance to look it out, you can hear him say, yes, I'm a big fucking deal. He's a GCW veteran, and he's more championship ready than many of the others on the roster. Let's add some names to that. Nance Warner, Gringo Loco, Nick Gage, Joey Janela, Jimmy Lloyd. This is the glue that holds together everything. This is the trunk of the tree. I know everyone wants to be selfless, but I've watched a lot of sports. All-star teams have failed because they failed to just be a team. No one wants to take leadership. They just pass the ball over and over. I've seen dream teams. Outside of the 92 dream team, there's no such thing as another team. You remember when... uh, D Wade got together with LeBron in the first couple uh, games. It was just like pass, pass, pass. Nobody wanted to kind of take over as a leadership. And they lost all the time. And they fucking lost until someone picked up the ball and said, no, no, no. I'm the leader around this locker room. I'm the leader when we go to play, you know. So, um, yeah, all-star teams, all-star teams can fail because of a lack of leadership. um, They play individually and they want rookies to have their turn. Fuck that. Sometimes you have to dunk the ball. Someone should stand up and be the next star. Man still needs a solid title run. We've talked about that. Effie has been primed to take over as the face of GCW for quite a long time now. Our last two champions, in my opinion, have reached their peak at GCW. Both have been given multiple chances at almost everything GCW could offer a talent. Masha's entrance is a hit for fans, but they die off mid-match. People like to chant, Masha's going to kill you because it's cool. Otherwise, I hear a lot of screaming and I'm not hearing it from the fans. Blake is a fantastic talent who needs to come back down to the level of JCW belt and maybe the middle of the card. It's just my opinion. Please don't kill me. I have this written down. So he's a fantastic feature in any match, but for now we've seen some of what he's capable of at the GCW championship level at this time. And I think there's not much more we need to see past another match or two, especially since his matches and his opponents are defining his championship run, not him himself. Gringo and Speedball brought out the best in him. When he was a willing dancing partner, he's amazing in ring. He's young and he still needs time. Nothing against him for that. Not having enough quality opponents may have hurt his run this time. However, most of his championship matches were throwaway, minus two or three. He's young and it was his first time. Not bad at all. I would say, please keep maturing. We love you. We will see you again. Fatu was out looking like the mean motherfucker he is. Fatu definitely had fans. I loved it. We need more of him in GCW, please. We had Fatu and Effie Chance back and forth before the lockup even happened. Fatu was easily the heel. Fans are booing, but there's also a group who absolutely love him. That group is big enough to not be denied. First few minutes went to Fatu. He was beating Effie all over the ring. Effie took back some control with a tope, tope suicida onto Fatu. This feels like a goddamn good fight is what I wrote. Effie's buffing up maybe the best thing for GCW wrestling. We need someone his size. That's... I don't know how else to put that. Fatu took back control quickly, and Effie spent more time trying to get back in the match. This match felt more like a grudge match, and it had a bit of grit to it. I would have to say partially that's Fatu's doing because he's doing a lot of, I don't know, he's, he's just, he's playing it up quite a bit. Effie also was showing real struggle. I thought he did a great job. Effie has Fatu up on his shoulders, and he always looks directly hard at the hard cam. And they always switch cameras. When Effie puts a dude up on his shoulders, you're going to see him stare into the hard cam. GPW, watch that shit. Uh, some <laughs> some ring rat tattooey came over and decided to sit in my son's seat when they left to go get drinks. And I didn't mind. Like, maybe she's trying to get back to her seat somewhere else. Like, no big deal. All good. And then I'm like, she's there for minutes. 
like, what in the hell's going on? So I'm starting to think she's wanting to take these seats at this point. But then my son and well, basically my other son came back and I told her, I said, my sons are going to want their seats back when they come back over. And I pointed at them and she, you know, didn't care. So they walked up hands full of drinks, just looking at her. So she'd move. She literally stays in the seats and tries to look around them and tries to play dumb. I had to tell her a second time, get out of my seats. Like she looked at me with some kind of attitude and left. I'm 43. Like I don't take that shit ring ratatouille needed to move. That's all I can say about Miss ring ratatouille. But, uh, Back to it. Because of the weight of both men, every impact bounces the ring a lot. It has a, it has a great sound that really reverberated uh, throughout the UCC walls. Batu reminds me, where is Juicy on the West Coast shows? It's worth knowing. Um, let's go Effie Chance. Let's go Fatu Chance. Um, it's very clear Effie is just not being very cute tonight. He's wrestling. He's competitive. He's focused. It's damn good. Uh, speaking of that, a nice little spot here. Effie with a nasty code red on Jacob that was just oof. Uh, Jacob hits a spot uh, pop-up power bomb, and somehow Effie kicks out at two. GCW chance from the crowd. It's really been a fight. The fans were fully invested. At one point, the Fatu fans were very local, and the Effie fans had to drown them out. So here we go a little further into this, and this is going to take us into the finish. Effie hits an under the rainbow. Fatu kicks out. Effie whoopee cushion and a shot to the back of the head. Kick out at two. Effie TKO into the dragon sleeper. Fatu kicks out at two. Effie hits a pop-up powerbomb. Fatu shoulder up at two. Effie goes for the sack rider and misses Fatu. Fatu then hits a moonsault. Let's go Effie chance. Let's go Fatu chance. Basically, the crowd has, like, the crowd is eating out of their hands at this point. You cannot get more. I was there live. Like, there isn't much more to go with. They, they were just eating it up. Effie connects with a sack rider finally, and then he rallies, giving Fatu everything he has. He hits an avalanche code red that sends Fatu down on top of his head. Nasty spot. Fatu hits the buckle bomb, super kick, another super kick. Fatu pop up power bomb. Effie kicks out at two. GCW chance all throughout the, uh, the uh, I'll, I'll call it an arena at this point because my head is fucked up. Fatu singles, it's over, and he misses his huge moonsault. Effie goes up top. Fatu catches him on the top rope and hits Effie with several heavy punches. Fatu ends it with an avalanche uh, Uranagi for three. Holy shit. Uh, that's what I have to say. This match was a banger, and I hope it's a glimpse into a possible uh, Effie championship run down the line. Fingers crossed. Effie and Fatu wrestled their hearts out was what I had here. This is exactly the wrestling match that I needed to see from Effie. Fatu then uh, picks up Chad Rico and hits a powerbomb, which the fans did not like. Fatu goes outside, grabs a fucking door. Effie eats a super kick. Fatu lays a door on Effie's body and goes up top. Now, again, this is all happening after the match. Mance Warner finally comes out of nowhere and saves Effie from some nasty shit that Fatu was going to lay down. Fatu finally leaves, then comes back with a chair and starts delivering chair shots to Mance. Uh, Jacob then puts um, one on top of the other and busts the moonsault onto both Effie and Mance. Music plays and he fucking bounces. I loved every bit of this. Um, if we can only be lucky enough to have him around more often, he's a viable opponent to anyone he faces. He's deadly. He has an attitude. I feel he's totally GCW. And I'm going to let you just talk. You mean I can't scream or yell? I just have to talk? 
Actually, I have to go check something real quick, so I will give you a moment to talk if that's okay. Because, like I said, I I've got the house thing going on too. Um, yep. I kind of know what you're going to say, but I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. All right, bud. Yes, Thanks. I kind of gave you the preview. Um, and now this was my big problem of the night here. Once again, not on the talent. I'm glad Fatu's back. I hope he stays back. I hope we see more of him in GCW and that we build up a story. Then we don't see nothing for another three months. And then we continue that same fucking story. I want to see Fatu more East Coast, West Coast, North, South, wherever GCW goes, if that's what they're going to do. Because there is zero fucking reason that he is coming back into GCW. This is, let me look it up here again, because I had it written down and I totally uh, erased it. But this was the first time we've seen Jacob Fatu in GCW, I'm going to say, over close to a year. So we got 8, 11, that was this time. Last time we've seen him in GCW, September 23rd, 2022. So damn near a year we haven't seen Fatu. He's been active. He's been in other companies. That's fine. But he's also coming from a company that doesn't have a lot of good things from GCW or for GCW. And he's coming from that company over to GCW. And we haven't seen him in a year because he's been wrestling for this other quote unquote rival company. And then you have him win his first match fucking back against that fee out of all fucking people regular. And he's not even booked for homecoming. We won't see Fatu for at least another three months until they come back to L.A. I can promise you that. And somewhere in California. We won't see him in New York. We won't see him in the New South. We won't see him wherever GCW goes. He's just going to show up whenever it's on West West Coast. And that's fine. That's his thing. He could do that. There is zero reason he needs to come in and get this fucking win over Effie. Because guess what? Effie, once again, also has another big match coming up at your biggest fucking show of the year, Homecoming. Him and Ali Catch are going against... Oh, who are they going against again? Oh, my God. Uh, Off the top of my head. Thrussy, I think it is, or is it under... Oh, so they, got two big, they got two big matches coming up on Homecoming. And Effie's on every fucking show. Like, what are we doing here to the Joey Janellas, the Sawyer Rex... The people who helped create your company, and guess what? They're going to be here when you go to Wachahatchee, Tennessee for 50 people, and they're going to put out a fucking tremendous match like Mance Warner and John Wayne Murdoch did. Like, we won't see Fatu for a while, and like, this has nothing on Fatu. There's zero reason he needs to win this match. He could have lost, been pissed off, beat up Effie, beat up Mance, beat up whoever the fuck he wants to beat up. I don't care, but at least Effie gets the win. Like, Effie... That just is blowing my. I feel so bad for Effie right now and Mance because they both had to sit there. I wonder, I want to know what that conversation was. That short brief of time while they're sitting underneath there waiting for Fatu to fucking hit this double jump moonsault onto them. And then he walks out, the top guy of this whole thing, this whole program. And these two have busted their ass almost since day one. And this is the things they get to somebody who works for another company who is your rival who has chosen to work there more than they've chosen to work for you, yet you reward him with this shit. I love Fatu. I want to see him in GCW. He doesn't need to come back after a fucking almost a year of not GCW and pick up this win over FD, especially right fucking before homecoming. If this was a random match three months ago with no other show coming up and no build and no nothing, fine, let Fatu win. But once again, 
Why is a GCW original, whatever you want to call them, regular, losing to somebody who shows up once, twice a year, and we won't see them again, and they put them over for no reason because we won't even see this person for a while? I did get excited when Mance came out. That made yes. me think, hey, maybe something happens at Homecoming. Once again, if Batu shows up at Homecoming and beats the shit out of Mance, Effie, and all the GCW regulars, or we, if I see his face show up in Homecoming, I'll take all this back. I will put a lot of money down on the line. We are not seeing Fatu in New York or in, in Jersey. There is no fucking way that's happening. Unless, I said, unless there's something brewing now, then I'm fine with it. But once again, this is even worse than Joey and Sawyer because this is like someone who came from another company. He can work wherever the fuck he wants. That is fine. I, it's, this is not on him again. But why are we burying Effie to somebody that is choosing to work for somebody who left your company and created a rival for your company who's built kind of Jacob Fatu up in that company and we haven't seen Fatu who we built up for a, for a long time and all these stories and made him look strong and juicy and all them. But they choose to not work GCW. They choose to work Circle 6. I'm going to say it. I don't give a fuck. That's how irritated I am right now. They work Circle 6 and then all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, okay. I'm going to work this LA show. Uh, I and like this is not on Fatu. He's just going to do what he's booked, and uh, he but he made it look fucking awesome. He made Effie and Mance look like little chumps in that ring, and that's what Effie or that's what Jacob Fatu is going to do. But why does it have to be those two fucking people right now, before homecoming? Yeah, I see what you're I just saying. feel so bad for these regulars. Like this is mind blowing. This one's more offensive than the rejects. At least John Wayne Murdoch, we've seen him more than one time in 11 fucking months yeah yeah like like this one this felt like a personal shot to me at effie like this was hey you're fucking losing this match like just this person and like i don't understand i feel so bad for effie i i i feel bad because then he like kind of made a joke it wasn't towards this match in general but like he goes oh i guess the only people that get gcw title shots are people who just randomly show up and make their gcw debut or people we don't see more than once every year or every two years. Like, this is the shit he's talking about. And I'm all for him. I'm glad he is speaking out because if this was me, obviously, this is me now. I'm finally losing it on his behalf, on Mance Warner's behalf. Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. And I feel so bad for mm. the G. The people who have been there for the longest time at every fucking show, busting their ass, only to sit there and lose to somebody like this is not like on fuck to, to, to somebody like somebody who chose to work for your competition. And then you come back and mm. like reward him. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, there's no booking unless he shows up at homecoming. Like, that's the only thing that's going to make me take this back. This one makes zero fucking sense. And I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, I, I, I'm that's kidding. You're allowed. No, no, no. No, you care this much. Six. You care this much to make a show. You care this much to love everything. You're allowed to have one moment where you're allowed to dislike yes. something because it really and digs at you because you just want to see the company do well. So you're saying, wait a minute, I haven't like this is the way it should be done. This is the way. Right. So it's a very interesting curveball. I'll give it that much. And it does worry me because I don't want it to be a Hammerstein situation where whoever wants to can come in and kick the shit out of some of our best. I, I'm not going to go into booking because, I mean, that's really for you. That's something you really st feel strongly about. The only thing I don't like is two of our biggest stars got pancaked on top of each other and then, and then basically Fatu just jumps on them. 
and another two. I, I don't I don't like that though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but another again, two lost again, too, like cleanly. And again, I sometimes think, well, yeah, sometimes it's just to show, but I'm looking at this as the run up to the WrestleMania for GCW. Exactly. So, like so I'm build trying to just Effie figure up. It out. Like that's how I, I think Effie, I think Effie's coming. Effie's time is coming. I really strongly feel the, uh. the bulking up the whole thing. And I'll be honest with you, right now he's in a hyper um well, I'll just call it he's in hyper mode and he's able yeah, to get, get a fuck ton more done. And I think that right now this may be the time in his life that he's going to remember more than most, especially when he's not partying. And I think that's going to allow him to maybe make something special that he wouldn't be allowed to make if he were old Effie. So I'm really curious to see the sharp pointed Effie that, you know. I, I I do think something's coming. We've been in kind of a lull with the the Masha one was kind of like uh, the Blake one's kind of like uh, we actually need a heavyweight or we John Moxley was uh, just because we didn't see him twice three times a year. Yeah, yeah, that was another one where it was like it was just never defended. I didn't mind him, but I did not like the schedule of defenses being yep, once every. That's my fucking blue moons. Yeah. Come in and have I a cool you. match against Gage. Come in and have a cool match against Mance. Come in, have a cool match against Gringo. Like, once again, there's another yeah. dropped ball. Like, that match is happening well, somewhere yeah. else. There are, there, are, there are tiers to the company, and I'm hoping at some point one of these folks in the higher tier gets to take the ball and go. Because it is nice that all the veterans are putting over the young kids, but when do the young kids put over the veterans so that the veterans can still be the threat? Okay, do you have credibility if you're constantly getting your shit kicked in? Well, every now and then, maybe you have to get a win or so here or there. That's fine. Uh, I should have talked about it earlier, but Pero our our boss that we were like oh he's such a big threat he's gotten his ass handed to him so many times in these matches and losses i feel bad for the guy because i fucking love him i, I don't love him but i mean i love what he's doing out there i really believe in him personally i think he's trying to do the right thing and his booking hasn't really matched up as such yet but they yet, have at least made him look strong like in other yes. times when he's not losing, like he's always comes out looking strong. This one made Effie and Mance Warner look like I don't want to say this word, little bitches. Yeah. Like I hate yeah. to say that. Like I, I love these guys. Like the big, the what's the like the number one? If you ask GCW fans, what well, was probably like the worst booked show ever? They're going to say the biggest show of all, Hammerstein, just because of all of our favorites lost and the, another bullshit. I don't care. The wins and losses part, I could defend these. Allie Catch had a dream matchup against Ruby Soho, which she's been wanting for. She probably didn't give two fucks if she lost. She got to have her dream match and do it. And sorry, Ruby Soho's coming from AEW. That's going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, well. This, Same okay. thing with Jeff, yeah. Jeff Jarrett, Effie. Like, I wouldn't even brought Jeff Jarrett in. It's not worth it at that point. But same thing. Just to have him come over and just fuck Effie over. Effie, like, Effie's getting screwed in all these bookings here. Like I, I, I just felt bad. This was kind of like the straw for me, and like I said, I, I don't want to shit on Fatu. Fatu, like if Effie were to, like as you said, you got to lose to build up these new people, right? Lose to people that we've seen GCW six times. Lose to Braden Toon. We've seen him more in a weekend than we've seen Jacob Fatu in fucking eleven months. Build Braden Toon up if that's what you're gonna do. He could not maybe do the cool shit. He's he's below Fatu. Like Fatu is more talented at this point. Yes, but. Like, build uh, if you're going to have them lose, build up somebody that we know that's going to be reliable. That hey, I, I'll see in two weeks. Like, oh, yeah, he'd be Duffy. What are they going to do now? Fatu's yeah. going to show up in October, whenever they go to LA next. And I'm going to, I'll remember this just because I'm so fucking irritated about it. But <laughs> I won't like remember anything because it's been such a long time. Like, 
they had something cool with South Pacific Savages. My main thing then was like, we only got to talk about it every three months when they went to LA or San Francisco, like only in California. Like, I, I don't know. I, I that's I I I, I, got I, got I just you. don't understand. They're more they're more West Coast they're more West Coast locals, and it sounds like they're getting the Hogan treatment from they only somebody who so often come in this clean house leave. Yeah. It's like from Circle Six. Like that's my thing too. Like I don't I ever that. drop that name. I've always avoided that name. This is the one podcast I'm dropping it. Like it's because that company wouldn't be, like. There's nothing without GCW. Those people were unhappy. GCW created another company to be more happier. Cool, but and like we've seen justice come back and forth. We've seen Juicy come back and forth. We've seen people work both companies. Cool, but we didn't see Jacob Batu for over a year while he was active working with that company. And oh yeah, hey, like yeah, let's book you for this show, and we're gonna put you over our, and we're gonna let you win. We haven't seen you in a while. We're gonna let you win the week before our biggest show with somebody who's got two big giant matches, who's been working on our company week in without, who's been carrying the company, doing whatever, whatever, getting his ass handed to by Jeff Jarrett just to get Jeff Jarrett his little rings popped off over there. Like I, I just don't understand why this person had to do it. They, they make Jacob Fatu lose that match even, and then destroy them. That makes sense. I'm cool with that. But when you have them just beat them clean, beat Mance Warner up clean, squashed both of them. Now you made them both look like shit. And then he just gets to walk away Scott Fresh clean and we won't get to see any repercussions or anything for months after ahead. Well, Effie has to go into this big show of the year with a loss. Great. Thanks. Nobody gets mm-hmm. a positive except Fatu in this situation. Why? My... my... Because I'm going to let you, you're, I'm you're done, definitely, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I want to make sure, because I mean, it's, it's mostly your concern. It was mostly your, because um, you feel strongly about this and that's, that's awesome. I like that stuff. That's all right. Um, I know this is, no, this no, is the I love it. One, but this is the honest one. And I just, it's coming from a place of like, I love Effie. I love our regular, I love the people that are ride or die GCW people. I love Fatu being in GCW. I want to see more of it. Go ahead and do Circle Six when you have the free time. Come back to GCW when we come back here for three months, not eleven months later. And then this and this is not him. It's not like he's going to say no to winning and all this shit. Jacob's going to come up, do what it's asked for him to do. He fucking killed it. Did exactly what he needs to do. He's this monster. Boom! Great job, Fatu. I love it. My problem's not with you. My problem's with why Brett is having you win. Just because the whole Circle Six thing and leading up to Effie and Homecoming, like that is like. All these worlds combined in mind right now. Okay, so I'm going to go by an owner's perspective about booking on this one. And maybe this is next level. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to try to give you some next level booking on this one. And and this is my only concern about booking. Because to me, wins and losses, uh, here's what fucks me up. Right before WrestleMania, you have one of our biggest stars in a highly physical matchup against a highly physical large man he could have eh, but he could have been injured you don't take those chances right before wrestlemania you don't take john cena and putting a, in a banger against undertaker right before wrestlemania and i'll say this the match that those two have going on right now was a main event pay-per-view quality caliber match that should have only happened while, let's just say, Effie is champion at GCW. I know I'm talking like, but I'm just saying my thing with booking was I don't know if I'd necessarily take one of my big guys and put him in a highly physical match right before the payoff show. That's that's my only thing. And again, it's not my chess pieces. It's not my money. Um, 
But I just look at it that way. If I have something really important on the next show, I'm definitely not going to, I'm going to do everything I can to not injure them so that they can appear at the pay-per-view. Yeah. And you're going to try to make them look as strong as possible. So that way they look better for the pay-per-view. Yeah. And, and that's unless of course the person who they're going against is, you know, and, and that didn't happen here. The only long game I might see is Effie comes out to the West coast. And at some point we have a Fatu run in. Then why does it have to be like this? Why does he have to win? <laughs> is my point. Like at this time in juncture, like I, I get like what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, yes, yeah, I would be for it. Yeah. But why right now does Sawyer and the Joey one. and Effie yeah. have to lose? And then even Mance Warner, like I don't even I be honest, but I don't think Mance Warner's on homecoming. Like whatever, but like why are you burying him in this situation? Unless the, that leads into something, which I hope it does. I just hope it's not West Coast. I don't want to wait three months for it. Like yeah. Like I just we'll figure I it know. out. <laughs> I a lot better. I'm fucking sweating my ass off, and it's like nice as hell in this room. And I'm you're good. Oh. So I'll go ahead and let everyone one. know. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, it's good you got that out though. I, I love it. <laughs> I, I feel um, a lot better. Well, no, it's good. It's it, we never say anything, and you have something that you have a gripe about, and and you ex- you know you describe it, you explain it, and you go, okay, I'd rather have it like this. That's fantastic. That's the way it, it should be. So um, I'll go, th- I'll go through. So we'll keep moving here. Um, Gage Johnny game changer hype video was shown. I just want to say again, thank you. I love it so much. They look so good. Big fan of hardcore music and they use it all the damn time. So I thought that was cool, but yeah, yeah. that uh, it's main event time, baby. Main event time. And I could say something on this one, but I'm going to, I'm just going to let it go. I got, I got enough out of my system right now. Cause even this one, I'm kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> but, but I'm gonna calm down. I'm gonna say this is I have the same thoughts on this match as I did with Effie and uh-huh. Fatu, but I could at least understand mentally where hey Johnny Game Changers an AE fucking W. They sent him down here. Nick Gage probably won in this match, probably has no care in the world if he wins or lost. And which I'm not saying the same thing with Effie, he probably doesn't care. My thing is just like, why now? Save this for October. Save this for the October show that's coming up in LA where you could do all this and it won't affect what's coming up and that as your biggest show of the year. Like this could have all been in yeah. October and I'd have been happy for it. But that's my only thing. But as you said, the video goes into our main events. Johnny motherfucking game changer against Nick Gage. And this was fun. Like, I actually kind of enjoyed what John uh almost said John Morrison already. Uh what Johnny <laughs> Game Changer kind of did during this match. Kind of little bit kind of like haha made fun of himself a little bit during a spot here i know you're going to talk over but gage held his own here this was actually pretty oh yeah i I enjoyed this match this was a good match for gage stylistically i'm like what the hell but he's been putting on bangers with speedball leo rush and all these other people i knew he would have a good match with this one and so he did deliver and once again i enjoyed the action in this match just what the fuck are we doing with the wins or losses but this one (laughs) at least i said makes sense Alrighty, well, Johnny Game Changer was out first. He definitely has fans. His whole outfit looked awesome. It's Johnny Drip Drip. He's in a great mood. He comes over to a fan and gives his sunglasses to him, and the fan throws them carelessly into the audience. He wasn't really respecting the Shaman of Sexy. So anyway, America's Moist Wanted was mad after that and jumped. I can't keep saying these without laughing. Those were names that were listed for him that have been used. So America's Moist Wanted. Uh, 
And then he ended up getting mad, jumping down in the fan's face through the uh, glasses. You could hear him actually say, fuck this place, which was hilarious. He's got a Cardona light thing going on, which I like about Johnny Game Changer. Uh, on Gage's entrance, you can see me and my crew holding up a huge, big GCW flag on the bottom of the screen. Um, I'm going to say something that was live that didn't pick up on camera that I want to mention. Some idiot poured beer all over one of the securities guy's head and leather jacket. Now, you've been to the show a ton of times. Be You know who I'm talking about, the guy with the leather jacket. He has black hair. He's always the in a bandana, leather jacket. Right? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, well, that's absolute bullshit. That guy wears his jacket everywhere. As I was leaving the parking area, you know how you leave the parking area, then you turn left. And like, as I was leaving there, I stopped at the fucking red light and I watched him walk across in front of my car. No fucking jacket on. I actually rolled down my window. I go, I saw what the fuck happened to you. That's bullshit. Because it's sad. Like a good leather jacket actually means a lot to some owners. And some people, that's all they have that, you know, they own that's expensive, you know. But he looked more sad than mad. It literally hurt my heart so much that I had to mention it on our podcast. So Nick grabs the mic. He says, where's my fucking gang at? Emil goes into the intro. Everyone is hype. MDK coming from the crowd. Johnny is constantly talking to some of us fans in the front row. That was us. And then there's another section that you can see. He's a great guy. The whole time he's like, you guys actually like, you guys like this guy? Like he, does he know how to wrestle or am I just out here for the money? Like, but you know, him so nice, nice guy. He was having a good chat. And, uh, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what else is he going to do with his life? I guess I'm going to have to fight him. So he was just having fun. Uh, Johnson Lee was, uh, Gage was spending time hyping up the crowd before the kickoff. The crowd was heavily invested into this match very early. You can tell by just looking around the room on TV. The crowd is just there live. It was like everybody was huddled and looking in at the same area. It was kind of fun. Johnny being a dick early, he gains heavy booze, acting as if he'll gas out Gage before the match really gets underway. Gage gets pissed off and brings out a door. Both fought over it, and Gage ends up uh, pushing Johnny almost off the top turnbuckle with it. Johnny tried to stay on his back and kick Gage like Anoki did to Muhammad Ali, but Johnny gets put in a headlock instead. Johnny escapes under the ring and comes up with blood all over his forehead. It was disgusting. Gage finds a big bottle of fake blood with, yes, the words in big letters, fake blood across it. He ends up swinging it at Johnny and he's mocking GCW and Nick Gage. He spends copious amounts of time wiping himself off and asking the fans if he got it all. Yes, he pulled out wipies. Gage hits a super spine buster. I'm sorry, a super spine buster. Gage hits a huge spine buster on Johnny and brings out the slicer. Our side ends up bringing the slicing first. Uh, good stuff is what I'll say. Also, I give some advice to fans, please. Get the fuck up and ask for him to come to your side. It's not often you're going to see Nick Gage actually turn his like body to hard cam just to slice in front of our screen. So I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, get hype and he'll hit you up first. That's the way I can kind of put that. Um, but Johnny, after that, was legit cut up and dripping blood. Gage pulled another door and created a bridge from the ring to a chair outside the ring. Kendo stick comes out and Johnny's cracking it across Gage's head. Johnny puts a door on that uh, other door to make a double door bridge. Basically he places Gage on those doors and he cracks Gage across the chest with the Kendo. Johnny goes up to the top turnbuckle and hits a huge corkscrew onto Gage. 
Johnny then brings out a bag that has a bunch of thumbtacks in it, puts it all over the ring apron. He puts Gage back first onto the tacks, onto the tacks, and then goes for a standing shooting star press and falls on the tacks belly first. Gage does a uh, DDT on the tacks, and there's tacks in the back of Johnny's head. Gage places a door in the corner, misses Johnny, and hits the choke breaker, which possibly could have been the ending there, but it wasn't. Gage goes up top. Johnny hits him with the kendo stick. Johnny picks up Gage with the kendo stick and gets a razor's edge through the door. Johnny has a chair set up. Then another. We have a door bridge. Gage was out this whole time. Gage then grabs Johnny and an avalanche pile driver through the door bridge. For our ending here, Gage is ripping doors and he placed a piece on Johnny. Johnny catches him and hits him with the door. He puts it on top of Gage and hits Starship Pain on Nick Gage for the win. Our winner here was Johnny Game Changer. It was a great main event and I felt like I got a full match. The mat has broken shit everywhere and it was enjoyable to watch. Sorry, I was going back. I don't remember Nick Gage going up top after that choke breaker. But uh, like if so, that maybe makes a lot too. <laughs> no, uh, maybe like, a lot. So that makes sense too. Like, hey, Prazak probably would have called it out. I don't remember the specifically because like at this point I was already uh not happy with some Apple of the sleep. stuff, but enjoying. Oh, yeah. the, no, I was not happy with like mentally checked out, but enjoying the action kind of thing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like watching it, this was cool, but like mentally, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing for homecoming booking? <laughs> and that was going on. So that did kind of ruin the, that match a little bit for me. But I loved how Johnny made fun of himself. And as you said, poked fun a little bit of GCW stuff. But then I love it when they do that shit, but then they're go- willing to go into the tax, to go through all the doors, to cut themselves up with it. Like Zack Sabre. Like, I, when those, these wrestlers that are top tier wrestlers come to GCW and have these kind of matches and wrestle the GCW style and willing to put their bodies on the line, like how they did with the thumbtacks and all, everything else. I could always appreciate that tremendously from all these other wrestlers because they don't have to do that shit. Even nope. if they're wrestling GCW, they could like hi, uh, like be the big big person on camp. Like, no, I'm not doing that shit. Like, I'm coming in, I'm winning, I'm hitting my finishes, and boom, getting out, and I'm looking good. Where I'm glad they make Nick Gage look good or whoever their opponents are. They get dirty and they get violent and take all the nasty bumps and. They play off of it. I could appreciate that. And I love that. I love that about Johnny Game Changer. I've actually kind of talked with him a little bit. Um, like years ago at a Comic-Con or a WonderCon, I think. It was WonderCon. It was a smaller con. Um, I went to a panel with him, Chavo Guerrero, and Rampage Jackson, the UFC fighter. Of all people. Hmm. I went there because I love Rampage. But then they're also like, they were in the process of making like wrestling comics and then also doing movies and stuff. So I actually got to sit at a table with those three. Johnny's like hmm. probably the coolest one of all three of them. He's so down to earth and chilling. Like he just wants to laugh, giggle, and have fun. Like he doesn't take huh. himself too seriously where you think he would. Like that's what I kind of thought at first. Like going into this match, I thought the way he was talking, talking with the fans. But then I was like, oh, he's just playing major heel. So I appreciate Johnny Game Changer what he did. I am not surprised he beat Gage. But once again, why does it have to be this weekend when Gage has his big match coming up? Save this shit mm-hmm. for LA. And I know what Brett's going to say, now I'm finding myself, I'm saying, save this shit for LA. Who knows if they could book him in LA? So you got to do what you can while you got him. I get it. Yeah. But you got to, like, half this card now is wrestling on homecoming this weekend. They all came out of this show looking worse than that than what they did coming into the show so now they are off to a bad foot at homecoming so like as i get game johnny game changer winning he's aw bigger name blah 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 blah. gage what did the match doesn't matter but why does why do they have to take this loss before homecoming 
That's it. That's all I, I was going to say. I'm not going to bitch as much as this one because this one makes a little bit more sense than Fought 2. I mean, we've even seen Johnny Game Changer three times as much than we have Fought 2 over these last 11 months. Yeah. Once yeah. again, not a shot at Fought 2. Work where you want to work. You come in, they ask you to do something, you killed it, you deserved, you did a great job on this GCW show. I just don't understand the wins and losses once again. Maybe this is me. That's my nerdy wrestling ho-ho. Like, I get too much into the wins and losses where I just wanted to make, for me, I just wanted to make sense to me. That's all. And for the 99.9% of wrestling, I can do it. So the 1% that I can't, I lose my shit like right now. What I do like is when wrestlers come over and say, if I'm going to do GCW, I'm going to do GCW. And that's where mm-hmm. the thumbtacks and shit come out. Yep. I absolutely love it. So do you want to go into some, some there's chaos at my house. Do you want to go into some special moments? Cause I'm yes, we are yeah. over three hours here and we could end it up. I've done my bitching and complaining. We've done a lot of talk of homecoming as well. So we, if you want, we could just kind of quickly go through the matches, even though we kind of already sure. did already, but um, I am looking forward to GCW homecoming both nights. I think it's going to be fun. I'm expecting some big surprises. I kind of got a little tip on one that might be pretty cool if it happens. Um, I didn't get full details, just kind of got an, a concept or idea. Um, what do you think? Which I, I don't want to say. You can't say. You can't, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I will tell you after. I think Homecoming will be cool. There will be a lot of cool special moments. I will say that. I'm looking forward to it, even with the horrible booking, I think, in this L.A. show. Sorry, my opinion, horrible booking of this L.A. show. And I love this L.A. show. I loved it. Like, I actually, like, after the show, after Mance Warner and Gringo Loco, I was like, fuck, I kind of wish that was like, that was a moment. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have gone. But like, that was an incredible match. Incredible night of action. Great matchups. Cool old school GCW vibe. Just don't understand what the lead up is going into Homecoming. But I'm going to enjoy Homecoming and I don't want to take any people away from not watching Homecoming either. Well, let's do some memorable moments, my friend. You ready to roll? Yeah, you could kind of go ahead because I kind of just, my memorable moments was what the fuck is the booking? That's all. <laughs> sorry. Um, like, sorry. No, I get you. Great, I get great, you great in reaction. Vance Warner, Gringo. Awesome. I wanted that more of it. Those are my memorable moments. Uh, for me, I was going to say just seeing Leon Slater live. Uh, the Blake Chris Bay hype was pretty damn good. Being live at the UCC period was fantastic. And then I'll just round it off with Gringo and Mance. The teased Price Oliver matchup. Effie and Fatu being way more than I think we thought it was going to be. And then just the main event delivering how it was. So I think that rounds off everything for me on my memorable moments. Yeah. Leon Slater too was a good one. Right. Yeah. Uh, next, next time, if he's around, uh, you and I are going to go talk to him. He's so nice. Um, and he does want to be here and he does want to come back. Oh, as Teriyaki as was the one. That's who it was. A collective. I didn't get a chance to see and talk to it was Teriyaki. That's the one next one name. next time. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we just do the homecoming nights real fast or no? Yeah, I could just okay. kind of run down what they are. If you want to talk about any, how do you know? Nah, um, I, I've kind of, I've done enough talking on that stuff now. Like honestly, at this point, homecoming, I really literally, I don't have after these, this booking, I don't have any expectations going into this. I just want to see great action. Cool shit. That I literally right, right. am not hoping for anything on this card. I just want to see cool shit. That's literally like this totally changed my mind going into this homecoming weekend, which is in a fine, good way. I don't have to sit there and overthink shit. I can just sit right. there, shut up and enjoy. Well, this is, dude, this first night is fantastic. We got Deppin versus Zane, Thrussy versus Macisos, Slater versus Price, Segura versus John Wayne Murdoch, Rena versus Sasaki, 
Tremont versus Violento Jack and MDK versus the Death Match Royalty. You've got the scramble uh, even too. Oh shit! Yeah, see, well, that's <laughs> see that everybody's forgetting the scramble and, these days. Uh, see, well, that's right after Vikingo too. Like that, that one hurt. Oh, that one that kind of hurt a lot. Hurt. Yeah. Uh, night two: Maki versus Becca, Thrunt versus Brat Pack, Dragon Kid versus Commander, East West Express versus Sasake and Toru Segura, and Blake versus Masha is our main event. I could see East West Express losing. That would be such a letdown because where does the belt go? Goes to you Japan, know? and then when they go to Japan here, like next month, they get it. Someone gets it back and brings it back to the states. That's my fingers crossed. Thinking, I wish it would be someone different. I love Sagura, obviously. Um, who's the other one? I forgot. Who's the other part? Sasaki. Yeah, Sasaki. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. It's okay. I'm trying to picture like which one was he the one? I I don't want to get into it. it's been long enough, but homecoming is going to be fun. I think some special things could happen. I'm hoping we get the kind of old school Cardona versus Gage homecoming night one feel of how spectacular that was and how that kind of transcended GCW to the next level and across the wrestling world that night. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to get there, obviously, but I think there could be a lot of cool things, especially on the third anniversary of that cardona engagement oh second second third anniversary yeah wow well we did it friend <laughs> we did it. did it i got my bitching out of the way i'll be a lot nicer next time hopefully, hopefully no 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 hopefully. no no <laughs> you you had a bunch of points you give a shit about the company you want to see things go the right way this is and all of, of this your is philosophy. my opinion yes yeah yeah and it's part of your philosophy and you're like damn it i want to see him succeed and i feel this is the best way for it to make sense so that they can push further into success. And there's nothing wrong and, with that whatsoever. And everybody has a chance for success and not one. Yeah, That's kind of what yes. it felt like was one person getting the rub where multiple other people possibly could be affected at homecoming even, depending on the outcomes of matches. Well, I don't know about homecoming, but fairly soon I'm hoping for a new champ at GCW. Nothing against our young champion we have now. I think in three to five years, he'll be much more of a menace. And body-wise, I think he'll be more matured into himself so that he could be more of a threat. Just like Rey Mysterio widened up and kind of got bigger as he got, they took him more seriously because the cruiserweight was now bulked up. Same thing. I think over time, Blake's going to do the same thing, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think you made a great point on his championship run. The lack of... Not the lack of talent, the name value of the talent that he's defending the mm-hmm. belt against, other than speedball and Mike Bailey that we or speedball Bailey and Gringo that we kind of agree on. That's kind of who he's defending the belt has kind of hurt his, I think, run as well. Like they, that was a great point by you. I think that sums up this run by Blake's perfectly. Like I think he's doing the best he can, like especially not getting the respect of main eventing shows and either. Like he's showing up yeah. and still having great matches and still doing what he can to be the asshole and further himself as heat. But I just wish uh, his title run would be a little bit more uh, defining than kind of what it is right now. It was a great for, it is a great first run. How about that for a championship run from a a major independent company? That was a great first run. Um, You you really do learn more from failure than you do success. So I think there's some times here where some, there are some things that didn't meet his expectations. And I think he's going to change that next time. And the way he changed and adapted to the heel turn, I think, was good. Once he fully embraced it, not half-assed it like how he did the first time, as you said, he learned, and, hey, I can't be 
have everyone cheer for me while also having them boo me. I got to pick one. And he went full on the heel route. And I think it's worked tremendously in that case. And his in-ring work is still phenomenal and always has been. I, I love it. I, I agree with you, though. I think this talent, these defenses yeah. are going to hurt him. But oh, when well. you're a heel and people stay, you still suck because what you're doing is so damn impressive. Then, hey, that works. Yep. That's who. <laughs> All right. We did it. We got it out of our system. I got it out of my system. Therapy is over. Oof. I remember I told you that that one night when I finally, like three days after the fact, I finally texted you the stuff and we we're trying to figure out like, oh my God, it felt so good to get it out of my system. Like That's what I'm saying. One, get a hold of me. more. It's done. Out of my I system. was laughing the night of the show. <laughs> I got home from the hotel. I'm like, I feel so great. And you're like, fucking, what fucking. Fuck I'm like, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I'm like, oh my God, he he's he's feeling it. Like he is really pissed. I loved it. I anyway, quickly, anyway. Uh, real fast too. We didn't sure. cover the Lucha Day the explosive evils match, the card. We that was not really story. It was more like just them in Mexico doing death matches. Um, it was cool seeing Leon Slater got to do that in Mexico, which was surprising. Late Christian Cal- Calibus, Bobby Flacco. We got to talk about Bobby Flacco and what he had to do to get over there as well. Um, and the exploding death match was fun. Like Damien Six Assist, Los Macisos against Joe Leader and the Rejects. That was a fun matchup as well. So go check that out on. You want to see exploding shit? Go check out that matchup <laughs> and card on Fight TV. That was a fun. That was a fun card. I, 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 we didn't cover it. I know we had a lot to cover up in anyway, but yeah. that was a fun matchup and a lot of fun names and cool names. You see, I think it was a good mix of the Mexican talent and GCW. I thought it was. I, I thought that that was a well paced match. Once again, why do you have your fucking champion in the second matchup of the night? Whatever. You got exploding shit at the end. I get that, but why is he still second match? Now I'm done. I promise. We will send him out like we oh, it's fantastic. Like we <laughs> always do. You ready? I'm ready. I lost all my breath. Now. I know. Long. Oh, I had a cough there. <laughs> okay, we'll try. Uh, We're gonna start it up again. Ready? Long, long live. live. G, I'm ahead of you. C, C, W, W. Have a great night. That was good.